Ahoy there, it's me, your old pal, Captain Kevin. Thanks for joining this episode of the Atichero Podcast, brought to you by Patreon. Feel the power of patreon.com forward slash AE podcast, where, hey, we've just hit 100 episodes of the SmackDown Crawl, me and Adam reviewing each and every episode of SmackDown. As well as that, you've got video episodes with gamesmanship, a recent one over two hours in length, as Adam and I get to grips with some classic 2001 PS2 games gaming gold as well as that you've got side series from adam and billy reviewing comics a recent series the corporate ministry of sound where adam and i review loads of wrestling albums a new episode has just dropped of that by the way and it's as cursed as they come michael p.s hayes why can't the kids pray in school there's all sorts of reasons michael you'll find out why over at patreon.com forward slash ae podcast you got the bibliotech you got the reading ranch you've got q a's you've got all sorts for as little as five dollars a month you can back out at any time and that back catalog just keeps on growing so every month you get at least two new pieces of content it's been a fun time as always over on that patreon page and thank you everyone who supported us i hope you enjoyed this episode and make sure you keep your ears peeled at the end because 2007's most preeminent irish eyed columnist may have a thing or two to say about rocking the boat until then it's time to settle in and enjoy a little bit more of ECW on Sci-Fi. Hello everyone and welcome to the Attitude Podcast extremely unnecessary bonus episodes we're back with more ecw on sci-fi the first and only time ecw on sci-fi has been back by popular demand mm. hey everyone it's me your old pal captain kevin joined as i am always in this look at uh, the unfortunate revival of philadelphia's favorite promotion by adam bibolo hey adam hey how you doing great great thrills thrilled that people heard of that last episode heard me having a mental breakdown and was like do more of that please yeah and you were like absolutely not no mm-hmm. not even joking about it i simply don't want to do it I, we literally had a discussion about this yeah. where i said like i i genuinely don't want to watch any more of that show and yet again like with the last recording where i was just suddenly woke up and the microphone was in front of me i'm like how did i get here yeah. how did this happen the tangled web we weaved that brought us back to this point so i'm changing my mindset oh. i'm trying to like ride back style i'm getting into a positive mindset got here. that stevia have you yeah i'm actually gonna try and like much like wwa i hate that but it was some fun content in the end yeah i'm taking that stance from this day forward i like drinking beers i like chasing women and i like reviewing ecw on sci-fi i'm here for this and if you get in his way he'll record the holy hell out of a podcast about it (laughs) well it also kind of one of the reasons why this fell so perfectly into our lap Mm. is that you know obviously we had tough enough recently but we had vengeance yes we did and before SummerSlam. I thought this would be a nice little uh, palate cleanser. Yeah, because you know? we're going to get to SummerSlam and be like, what the hell's happened to Rob Van Dam and ECW? It's critically important we find out. I mean, I'm just dreadfully curious, mm, you know, to curious see how, George. how Curious George, man, strikes mm-hmm. again. I want to see how it all held up because, Adam, this is this is really a moment that, that broke my heart. Yes. 
you know, as a fan, as a child, as a youngster, as, an, as an 18 year old child. We're looking at episodes three and four here, and episode four does contain a pretty significant moment in the lifespan of WWE CW, I would say. Oh, calling it that now. That's what it is, though, it is I a, think. They even call it that on the network now. That's it. This. Yeah. this and then later on, Batista versus Big Show at the ballroom. Those are the two sort of like, oh, no, 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 no. Something's wrong, like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, as in something can fail in WWE and be under the radar, I reckon, and people not take much notice of it. I mean, I think of some of the later seasons of the original run of NXT mm-hmm. before it was completely revamped and relaunched, where it was like, or even 205 Live, I think of, where it's yep. like, these shows that are like struggling and failing they can continue for for yonks quietly like 205 live like nxt uk these are shows that went on for like two or three years didn't they i mean didn't it's, they? it's not a separate show like those are but i think main event is still on the air right and like no one watches it but it's still there but this much like those other ones like you know this is meant to be a, a brand this is meant to be a completely new yeah. separate show this is a different product so I think the fact that even by the low expectations maybe of what was going in, I mean the low expectations of WWE themselves, yeah. not the, the ECW revivalists amongst mm. us, like this this would just be a third show that you could stick on at the start of SmackDown, might get a few old eyes in, might give you a, an excuse to get more TV rights fees mm-hmm. from Sci-Fi and USA. But even by that like low expectation, this show manages to fail in new spectacular ways. Mm. Entirely separate to those grievances of us old ECW heads. That's it. If you take ECW nostalgia out of the equation... And, and just, we'll be doing that we, we most certainly will. <laughs> but remove all the ECW iconography and branding and nostalgia and just try and look at this with a fresh set of eyes as like, hey, in 2006, WWE did a third brand. Even looking at it through that lens, this is diabolical. Because I think, you know, 2006, I know there's been some, there's definitely been highs and lows, but yeah. it's a much more competent product Honestly. than I would have assumed before we started season five. I was, you know, I've been poo-pooing Ruthless Aggression for years, to the point where I'm pretty sure in like the early season one, we were like, it's not an era. People that call it an era are idiots. It's not that. Look, like- Adam, when I was a man in my mid-twenties, I was absolutely adamant that the things I said... Uh, would stand the test of time forever 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 set in stone those opinions like. so i love what i get someone sending me a dm going like jeff jarrett not coming back to the <laughs> and then i reply back to him going yeah now he's in aew he was calling it the banana nose circus so um <laughs> yeah, yeah shut our mouths up was he really back uh <laughs> i think he was just there gathering hurtful things to say about them for when he left <laughs> yeah i think we we were maybe prepping the ground for you to not like this yeah. era and ruthless aggression so far like, i've definitely had issues there's definitely been things i've not enjoyed but just watching the episodes of raw between pay-per-views it is so much more watchable and like you said competent than i thought it would be it's got a bit of a gas tank on it his momentum there's still those two hour raws not the three hour yes, death that shows that really helps that really helps but you know in 2006 in summer there's a good spread you've got you know DX you've got an ECW revival you've got John Cena and Edge and their yeah. rivalry the mid card is fairly strong you've got Shelton Benjamin Carly and the like Owen yeah there. there's you know, you, good wrestling going on you got you know for, for you and I the freaks who like their weird old mm-hmm. shit you've got Mick Foley and Ric Flair yes you know and legends appearing every other week on Raw to mm-hmm. bring a smile to your face so it is 
you know, closest to that three ring circus of all different types of wrestling. And that's just raw. I'm that's talking it. about. We're really. only talking about raw. And I think the most important thing to underscore is good or bad. It's fun at the very least. It is fun. It's entertaining. Whether or not it's good is besides the point. ECW, all it has to be to get a passing grade from me is a bit of fun. That's all I need from this show. How oh, fun, though, is it? Concept is a, <laughs> it's a very vague, it's vague word. Uh, I'm not really sure uh, that, that's something that we can maybe provide for you. <laughs> now, in the spirit of nostalgia and mm. the good times that have been brought to us from ECW, mm-hmm. I have really put on my thinking cap and mm. my sleuthing cap okay. and have attempted to try and find another Hasselmania column for people to enjoy. Okay. And... And I'm happy to say <gasps> that Aaron Rift has yet to respond to <sighs> any of my uh, of my DMs or mm-hmm. my, my, my tweets. What's uh, he hiding from? And I've actually to resort to the point now where I'm tweeting Elon Musk saying, Elon, have I been shadow banned? Because mm-hmm. I don't think Aaron's getting mm-hmm. my messages. Yeah. I send them eight times a day. And many fans of the Ads Here podcast are also sending Aaron messages mm-hmm. asking where the columns are why he won't and he likes the tweets mm-hmm. but he doesn't engage with the tweets That's so it. I, it's definitely classic shadow ban as That's far as i can tell what it is and you just got the rights to use the name kevin mahan back so i like, know you should be ready to explode right now but elon and aaron they're holding you down i feel like i don't want to say it flippantly but i feel like i'm wasting the stem cells i've injected my body with <laughs> and, I, and those didn't come lightly is all i'm saying they mm-hmm. were not they were not cheap i've spent all the patreon money on stem cells and here we are but i did some more high tech sleuthing adam meaning meaning i went back to my original email address that's right the one that was associated with my xbox live account that old account and i went back in time to see if the hasselmania column had received any fan mail and it had oh after another installment i got two emails from people who agree with me the lines are lighting up and as a result of that i was able to extrapolate the date of publishing of the second ever hasselmania column Uh uh-huh then i went to the wayback machine i plugged in nodq.com and the date and we found the second ever Hasselmania column. Oh, yes. Time to rock the boat. Fuck yeah, baby. This is Hasselmania wrestling through Irish eyes. <laughs> well, this is long. <laughs> Come on, you can't back out now. Well, I don't want to read this. No, now, no, actually. not again. Not again. No, no, I didn't know. Come want to read on, this after one. all that preamble. No, I don't want to. No. What's it about? It's ECW on Sci-Fi from the 27th of June, 2006. Wait, the article is about this episode? No, 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 we're going into the episode. Kevin! I don't want to talk about it anymore. You know what? It's one thing Aaron Rift running from his past like this, but I expect better from you, mate. I, 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 I'm, I'm, no, I, let's just... (laughs) What's in this article? We're going to ECW on Sci-Fi now! ECW is live. We are in Roanoke, Virginia. Fans, this is the most extreme, the fastest one hour on all of cable television, ECW. What is it about? Uh, It is literally about the Vegas, like, maybe we should push some of the (laughs) mid-carders. It takes an Irish perspective. It does. (laughs) Look, Adam, far be it from me to try and derail this podcast 
by reciting a column of a young man taking, and I quote, far too long to make a very simple point. <laughs> so is let- that what the fan mail said? Look. That is what the fan mail says. <laughs> Look, okay. we're getting right. into it. Look, we might as well smash cut into this, because this episode of ECW smash cut into... <laughs> boom, saboom! <laughs> I was taken by surprise at how quickly we got into the action this week. Literally the very first thing you see, folks. It goes from a black screen to Sabu is here, and you hear... Suicidal, genocidal, Sabu. No opening, no introduction, no nothing. But there was kind of an introduction, in a sense, by the Sci-Fi Network... Because this episode is preceded by <gasps> Glass Trap, the 2005 movie about giant radioactive ants. Okay, now what MMA or former wrestling superstars were in this movie? Surely someone. Fucking nobody. No mate. one! Like, C. Thomas Howell, I think, was in it. Okay. If, if he rings a bell to you. Aww. And then after this episode of ECW, if you stuck around, if you made it to the end of the episode, you can enjoy John Carpenter's Body Bags. His comedy horror anthology film from 93. I've not seen or heard of Never that. Never heard of it. Apparently it's a bit of fun though. How about that? The yeah. Tuesday night thrill zone continues. <laughs> yes, uh, this is definitely week three of a new WWE brand because we're throwing a lot of new shit at the walls this week. Mm. I want like new match types, new wrestlers. No, like new stupid shit for the announcers to say. Yep. Welcome to ECW, the fastest one hour on television. That sounds great. I, I've i heard that recently. I'm pretty sure yeah. uh, AW Rampage, they tried to brand that as being like, the fastest one hour on television. You know? Right. That's like, not a good sign, lads, if you're using ECW's old shit. That only works when you're against the backdrop of far too much wrestling. Yeah. You know, when it's like, okay, there's a two-hour show, a three-hour show, another two-hour show, and then a two-hour show, mm. a three-hour show, and a one-hour show. Oh, that one's got to be fast. That one-hour show, by default, can say it is the fastest hour of wrestling on television. In this context, it just feels like an excuse to me, where it's like, look, we know all of our segments it are like... It won't be long. Three minutes or less. <laughs> Each match is going to be over in the blink of an eye. That's because it's the fastest hour on TV. You might as well start off by going, Welcome to ECW and Sci-Fi. Come on. <laughs> Come on. It won't take long. Hey, John Carpenter's coming up. There's some goofy stuff he did in 93. All you gotta do is sit through this for an hour. And we're in the ECW hotbed of Roanoke, Virginia. Cool. Which I'm definitely not pronouncing correctly. But it's not just home to the revival of the third episode of ECW. It's home to the Mill Mountain Star, also known as the Roanoke Star. The world's second largest illuminated man-made star. What does that mean? There's a bigger illuminated man-made star somewhere in the world. I'm guessing Marfa, Texas. They're Marfa lights, oh, maybe. Oh, yeah. you know, That's it. Looking up at those Marfa lights again. Now, for clarity's sake, we discussed this in the first part. I want to make sure we got this right. These are now, at this point, being taped, or rather... These are now being aired live after a SmackDown yes. taping. So this crowd has just sat through two hours of SmackDown. Uh, well, you probably have sat through more like three hours because you'll have the dark matches. Oh, yeah, that's right. They'll tape some of Velocity as yes. well. Uh-huh. So you are probably at this... I don't... Maybe at this point you're probably sat there for three to four hours, I would have thought. Because I noticed the first thing that I clocked straight away here is that the arena is shrouded in darkness. Like, you cannot see anything past that front row, baby. I mean, you would leave, wouldn't you? I would. (laughs) Sticking around for this? I mean, you can stick... The thing that no one wants to see, you trap them. You you put the thing they want to see afterwards. Mm. 
You don't put the thing they don't want to see it. at the end and then open up the doors. I get the logic of doing it before SmackDown, where it's like a warm-up show yeah. or whatever, but the idea of doing it afterwards is such a death sentence. Well, they want to go live, so I guess if you were doing this and then trying to tape SmackDown afterwards, the people would be there till 1 in the morning. <laughs> and, and, and it is live. This would start airing at 10pm, so you've been sat there in your seat for four hours. It's 10 o'clock at night. Like You're it getting pretty tired, it. right? Like, the crowd seem very... There's a distinct type of tired where it's like not just I'm tired and I won't make noise. It's like I'm tired and I'm making a bit of a fuss because of it. Yeah, I'm getting kind of antsy. Like, like... I finally realized all those times where I was cranky as like a as a little baby boy, and then like oh he's tired. You're like I'm not tired. Oh, stop saying that. I am. Yeah. yeah. I see you here now. You've been in your seat for four hours. It's 10 p.m. and now you're being told get ready for the fastest hour on television. Hey. Look, all I'll say is. Nothing got my anticipation quite riled up for this episode of ECW, or the next one, quite like Sabu versus Roadkill. You know what? I like Sabu. Yeah? And I thought, if we're going to actually have a match here, because that was the thing that I struggled with the last time, was that there was no real matches. Like, there was little tiny fights and Vignettes stuff. Vignettes we had. Yeah, little tastes of matches. But here at the start, I was like, okay, we've got two ECW guys. They give this match a good... Six minutes, I and think. It is an extreme rules it's match. Extreme rules. And they announce it by saying, This is our extreme rules match of the evening. So you're gonna get one. Yeah, so we went from it's ECW. There are no rules to ECW. Sometimes there are extreme rules matches to it's the fastest hour of TV which will contain within it one extreme yes. rules match. And we're starting the show off with that. So after this, folks, it's all gonna be classic wrestling. Now, I don't think at this point in time that everyone has really figured out specifically what an extreme rules match is compared to, say, an ODQ match, That's a no holes barred match, a hardcore match. I guess Street we're, fight. We're not false count anywhere. No. But there's a great deal of confusion with Taz here because he. this is one of these things where you know it's new WWE speak when the announcers say it three times yep. within ten minutes. Taz will not let this go. That's right, Joey. Extreme rules. Knockout. Tap out. Oh, you know you can pin him. Oh, that's pretty <laughs> fucking extreme right there, dude. Knockout? Yeah. It can happen. For fuck's sake. It was an option in the games. The UFC and ECW are very similar mm. brands, you see, Vince. Mm -hmm. So I think that the extreme rules could almost be like a knockout or a tap out. Or, you know, you could pin him. <laughs> it's so shit ornery crowd kind of come to life for sabu i think yeah i mean if there is one like sort of part of ecw that does still have a bit of mystique it is sabu yes so. even though he has just lost to john cena true but it's sabu i don't think he's about wins and losses really it's about the car crash spectacle of his matches he does pretty well at the start of this match anyway this is a decent enough sabu showcase i would say like you get to see him doing his kind of stuff and like... i don't mind the squash match when the guy who's squashing you he has interesting moves yes you know that's it it's not fucking bear hugs and chop actual exciting stuff we're not here to get some shit variant on a spit out neck breaker over oh. more more on that later stay tuned but like yo sabu's coming out he's going for the weapon straight away we're getting springboards which again yep. we're not seeing very frequently in 2006 outside of shelton benjamin yeah you know true so or carlito i guess okay maybe they're not that special but it's oh, nice no, to they see. were they were still special back then roadkill showing that he 
ECW still exists in spirit, if not in theory, busts out a TKO as the first move he does in the yeah. match. Fucking love that. He also hits a sidewalk slam at one point, which Joey calls a dirt road slam. And then right he says, then? you see, I can't call it a sidewalk slam because he's Amish. And Taz goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> he just knows, completely sandbagging his jokes. <laughs> I wish these lads actually hated each other so there'd be a bit of something. Right. But they just kind of hate like each other. Yes. You know, it's passive aggressive. They don't hate each other, they hate working with each other, yeah. I think. And I think they hate working here. One tiny presentation detail tonight that I liked. You can see them on the hard camera. They've changed the angle so that in behind the ring you can see Taz and Joey. That's all a cool night. presentation. Like, yeah. That's nice. Again, a little difference. Because like, I will say about both of them. Even though they don't sound it, they looked like they were into it. Yes. You know, visually. Yeah, in the games when you see the commentators at the announce desk and they're way more animated <laughs> than their actual sound bites. <laughs> I, oh, I want to say as well, the TKO being called the Barn Burner. That's uh, a great name. Great name there. Good gimmick. Now, we're getting a little bit of ECW passed over there. Now it's time to do things on commentary that will make any old ECW fan go, no! Mm. Taz, you gotta hand it to John Cena Defeating Sabu Resolutely at Vengeance Oh my god But I like to think that, that Sabu taught John Cena A little something about extreme Yeah by losing. By, yeah, getting his ass kicked. <laughs> At least he was like, he tapped out. Oh, jeez. I can't believe it. We had surrounded the ring and he still lost. No, because Sabu didn't actually speak for so long. He actually, like, verbally gives up. Like, I quit. I can't take any more. <laughs> Roadkill fetches a table, which is Taz's cue to go, it is extreme rules, Joey. Knockout. Tap out. For fuck's sake. You know, pinfall. You yeah. Know, you know, and you, this is extreme rules, Joey. That means anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Doing a pinfall. <laughs> Sabu, when Roadkill is getting that table, goes for that flip dive over the top rope to the outside. Mm. He lands neck, not head first, neck first. That is like, bad. You know the lump in the back of your neck yep. there when you turn it? He lands right on that crook there. And I was mid gasp when Taz goes, he landed on his own beam. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,. You might as well have went boing, boing, boing. Yeah, like, literally. Completely... No reverence, like. I've never seen something dehumanized so quickly Aww. in such a goofy fucking way. Third time after that, Taz does remind us, of course, that it is again. Uh, it's extreme rules. Oh, what does that mean? Well, knockout. Uh -huh. You know, knockout could happen. And then Joey literally talks over and goes, Pinfall or submission, Taz? <laughs> we get it. Come on. That's all it is. And this is why. We're the fastest hour in all yeah. of television, Joey Styles. Because stars. in our matches, you can win by pin. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's crazy, dude. Sabu takes out the chair. He throws it not once, but twice. Mm -hmm. Beautiful stuff. An atomic Arabian face buster through the table. Beautiful thing. Did you catch the way the table broke, though? Right in like, the corner, was it? It's, yeah. no, it broke in the middle, but it turned into, like, proper jagged shards. Yeah. One of them goes right into <sighs> Sabu's shoulder blade. He, he did get caught, didn't he? Massive gash bleeding oh out of his shoulder. Looked God. fucking nasty. An incredible spectacle that was. Because yeah. he was kind of, like, lengthways on the table. It wasn't, like, you know, set up perfectly in the middle of the ring. It was classic Sabu. Mm -hmm. And there was a moment where Joey went, like, how could something so violent look so beautiful? And I was like, whoa! Maybe you're actually putting a little bow on. A little bit of ECW left in this Maybe show. Maybe this is the fastest yeah. hour on television after all. Nah, don't get used to it, folks. Yeah, so uh, idiot here, Kevin. When Sabu locks in the camel clutch, I wrote down, Sabu wins, but no, no, no. no. Of course, 
Sabu couldn't come out, do some cool moves, do a big high spot, and then lock in his finisher and win. No, 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 no. Instead, what happens is he puts him in the camel clutch, then he lets go. Mm -hmm. Then we have Sabu screaming at Roadkill to roll over. Roll over. I said roll over. He then hits him with a chair three times, and Roadkill is like, fuck, shit. Mm -hmm. Ah. And then Sabu sits on the chair on Roadkill and does the camel clutch again. And mm. then he wins. He forgot the finish of the match. Yeah, I think so. But that said, that opening segment, as shoddy as it was that we just like opened with, on the side, old Sabu, <laughs> here he is. That was better than anything on the first two episodes, I would say. That was like four minutes that made me think that this could exist as ECW in WWE. Maybe. 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 Maybe one of these a night, maybe. Maybe. And you know the other time we said that was when Sabu had his other squash match. Yes. It's starting to seem to me that mainly we're drawn to Sabu as opposed to the brand of ECW. I think so. You know. And when you've been told, like, that's our one extreme match of the night, like, and we've still got, like, fucking 40 minutes left on this show or whatever... What a mm. fucking complicated disaster, though. Like, only Sabu. Like, I love Sabu so much. And it's like, he found a new way to fuck up here. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, you squashed him wrong. Like, that's <laughs> that's the innovation of Sabu. Like, it is. Like, always finding new ways to botch. And of course, as well, like, you might as well say goodbye to Roadkill. Because he's yeah. he's a lad who they're like, what, seriously? Yeah. You know, they'd be one of the lads with the question mark beside him. Honestly, I'm amazed he was here tonight, even because, like, he's someone that you look at him and you think, like, Vince isn't going to be into this. Definitely not, right? Because it's like the gimmick is, is different. He's a throwback to ECW. The style yeah. of wrestling where it's like big power moves immediately, like mm -hmm. moves that should be finishers in Vince McMahon's mind. And yes, you've been in a match now that has had fuck ups, so say goodbye to him. Think so. The thing about Roadkill, though, is I believe after this, he was sent down to OVW and he oh. dropped the Amish gimmick and started mm -hmm. like working, you know, from the ground up. And he was apparently getting over pretty decent there. And then mm -hmm. just nothing happened. They never pulled oh. the trigger on him. But yeah, something about Roadkill. Maybe it's the association with Dirty Danny Doring. Who knows, Adam? Oof. We'll be oh. talking about him a bit more later on. Well, yeah, both both guys get a shot. Paul mm. kept his promise. <laughs> he did. He said he'd get a shot. Yep, he got your TV time, didn't he? Fucking hell. Rob Van Dam and Kurt Angle is advertised for later on. Yes, please. And all I could think was Jesus already, like. Yeah, I mean. It's your one match you have in the tank, like. True, but I know we've talked about it many times. Kurt is on his way out. And every time I see him in this season, I'm like, that's the last time. So at this point, I was like, Kurt's still here. And he's fighting RVD in the main event. That's something to maybe get excited about. In spite of everything, Kurt Angle is still here. <laughs> Somehow. It's his motto from 2006. Aww. Yeah, it's a freaking vampire, Joey! I love that the first two weeks... Yeah. This is a weekly thing. We cut to the outside of the arena. Oh, there it is. Sold out or whatever. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, they're sold out at the fucking... At the star, mate. Yeah. You want to see that man-made illuminated star. And then we pan down and we see... Oh, who, what's that? And in episodes one and two, it was like, is that a... No. There's no way that could be. Oh man, this is extreme. And then this week is like, there's a vampire. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> and he just fucking, every week, Kevin Thorne looks at the camera and is like, 
I'm bringing sexy back. Every week they do this, it gets more and more cringe to the point now where I'm like, actually, can we just drop the whole gimmick and maybe send this guy back to OVW as well? Yeah, maybe he should come back as Mordecai instead. I think then he'll spray like holy water at the screen instead. Mordecai walked so that Uncle Howdy could run, baby. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not sure what Kevin Thorne did in between, but there we go. (laughs) It's Tommy! Tommy Dreamer's here! Yep. Yeah! Big show, give me some more. I hate this. I fucking hate this. I got a lot more respect for you after the beating you gave me last week. So all I have to say is, thank you, sir. May I have another? What the hell? What? Remember last time, folks? We had Big Show and Tommy Dreamer just make their entrances. They both walked out and they were like, <laughs> Hey, I've got a beef with you for some reason. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Big Show squashed Tommy. It wasn't a match, but he just killed him. He did, yeah. This week, Tommy comes out and he's like, Hey, Big Show, you beat the fuck out of me last week. Well, to that, I say, Thank you, sir. May I have a nut- Guys, do you remember... Do you remember the iconic Singapore Kane yeah, bit? Yeah, I was wondering if you knew that. Character yeah. building. Yeah. Kevin, I've seen the top 50 OMG moments of ECW. I know that much. Like... I don't remember when Tommy Dreamer got <laughs> Kane's for the Sandman. What an extremely oh my god moment. And he, get, he said, may I have another? And was, I thought it was fascinating. They did a callback to that with and Paul White later on in 2006. Was like, I'll, I'll give you another helping sunshine, but I don't know if you want it. I'll cane the holy hell out of you anyway. <laughs> Already week three and we're doing like, hey, do you remember that classic ECW moment? Well, he stood up at home. Ah, you ah. remember when the Sandman caned me on the back and it was really, really amazing? Well, now... Paul White's gonna hit me. He's shouting upstairs to my brother. No, it's back. ECW's back now. Definitely. It's back. Come down. Def- and literally, as he's coming yeah, down the stairs. Well, no, 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 no. Actually, go, go back up again. No, 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 go no. back up. <laughs> <laughs> Big Show is already soaking wet here. You know what? It's a very minor difference. We've said it all the way through season five. Big Show is looking very unhealthy. Yeah, he's about to Un- take time off. He like. looks unhappy. He looks slow. He's hurt. This week. Dave trimmed his hair, and yeah. genuinely that by itself, I was like, hey, look at this big fucking hoss coming out here. Like, I don't know, the shaved head makes him look like Mark Addy. Like, I don't think it works for him. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting self-conscious because of all the other wrestlers in the strip routine. Oh, he doesn't want to take his singlet off. Bless him. No chat this time from the big show. Nope. Straight uh, to know, business. He just comes in. And, you know, it didn't get over last time at all. Mm. You know, like, there wasn't a peep from the audience. And this week, it's even quieter. Yep. Because we're just doing it again. There's no diff... I I thought, okay, we'll do it a second time around. Maybe this time Tommy's got a plan. He's going to get one. Nope. Show fucking squashes him again. It, like... It remains to be seen if this ever had a long-term vision. Because, obviously, next week, plans change. Dramatically. Dramatically, plans change. Let's just say this coming Saturday that uh, Rob Van Dam is going to find out that a police officer recognising you isn't necessarily a good thing for your career. (laughs) (laughs) Like, week one, Tommy says, come out here, big show. I want to show you what hardcore's all about. Show squashes him, gives him the Cobra Clutch backbreaker, throws him around, spins him out, whatever. Yep. Not impressive, but whatever. This week he comes out and just gives him scoop slams. Yep. Like, how's that, you know... And this crowd has sat through three hours of wrestling. Scoop slams? I could get it if they were trying to do the whole WWE guy thing where it's like, this is what wrestling's really about. Like, but they're not doing that. It's not the sports entertainment versus wrestling thing here. It's just, oh, Big Show's big, isn't he? Yeah. 
I was really genuinely expecting Tommy to be on the mat afterwards and be like, guys, you know what I'm thinking, right? Say it with me. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. I mean, we haven't got a better name for it, so I'm going to shout out Todd again for The Big Throw. Yeah. The Big Show's Cobra Clutch Backbreaker, which Joey Styles refers to as, Taz, that's a Japanese sleeper hold into a spin-out back. Shut up. No, come Shut on. Shut up. Come on. This is a lad that does the alley-oop, for fuck's sake. Don't call his move that. I've been watching some of the old King's Road, old Japan. Sure you have. Sure you have, big man. I'm showing you giant strong style. Giant Baba, there's only one true giant in professional wrestling. You know what? Sincerely, this is extreme. You want to get over extreme Big Show? Make it a different fattest hour of TV or whatever? Mm-hmm. Give him his ciggies back. Have Big Show yeah. come out here smoking like, yeah. I don't care. I don't take care of my body. Yeah, <laughs> like, it takes one life. If he, if he came out with a cigarette. One tan. One tan. <laughs> <laughs> then big lungs on the Big Show. And then he came in and did three scoops and suddenly that would seem impressive. Right? Yeah. That's it. He comes out one tan. Man, holds it in three scoop slams and then he exhales <laughs> like yeah we don't want to make it that smoking is, is cooler than it, nah, nah, tobacco is wacko if you're a teen particularly folks. if you're a teen yes new kind of big show different kind of big show with an ecw attitude yep sure very extreme i wanted to ask you adam because tommy dreamer I'm doing him for how to wrestling soon. Mm. Very, it's the next episode actually. Oh, I'm doing. cool! And I feel like it might be a bit of an uphill struggle because self-insert teenage male white protagonist. That's what he is, which is what Tommy Dreamer is. Yep. Joe couldn't get over recently when we were looking at pictures for him for the trying to make the artwork and develop it with her with Dan. Um, he has the name of the promotion written on his trousers. Yes. Which Joe's like, it's a bit of a tr- Mr. Tryhard, like Mr. Employee of the Month. Like. Trousers and t-shirt. Yeah. Like, he's like, this is the thing. For a long time, I only knew Tommy Dreamer from the wrestling games. And I was like, this is the ECW mascot? Like, who, who is this guy? He's <laughs> like Wildcat like, Willie, but for ECW. Yeah, it's kind of a sad gimmick, I think. What is the most tragic, and this is my, this is my point I want to get onto now, what is the most tragic trouser t-shirt combo repping the brands that you could think of wrestler and wrestling company because i have a funny feeling that road dog jesse james in wwa with wwa oh, you're in that side did that happen like i mean it could have yeah i forgot my trousers andrew don't worry mate. i got some made up here <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing billy gunn in his regular trunks i'm the one billy gunn i'm getting my big push that's why i'm wearing my wwf attitude t-shirt like, on the back of the pants as well though. on the back of the t-shirt it's like don't take him seriously folks come on he's wearing our fucking brand Okay, anyone can rock the gimmick shirt. It's the pants, though. That's, right. that's what I'm reading. Really I can't thinking. think of, outside of Dreamer, I can't think of anyone repping the company on their pa- Outside of, like, I don't know, the Alliance, I'm sure at some point. <laughs> I'm sure at some point Meat was wearing WCW tights. <laughs> no, they said Mecca. They said oh, Mecca. <laughs> they did. Yeah, he was repping Mecca Bingo. That's yeah. who he was working for at the time. <laughs> Have you got any others? Is there anyone that wore the company on their tights? Not that I can think of, but I'm just trying to think like what would be like something that would be hilariously tragic. Because like, even like you, you, know? Could, you know, the elite could get away with wearing AEW because they're the fucking executive VPs. Yeah. Like they are the company. Tommy Dreamer is an employee coming out. And repping... he didn't even get paid most no. of the time. It's like a guy that works at Deliveroo and he spends his downtime wearing all the Deliveroo t-shirts and stuff. And it's like, mate. 
you look like a bit of a mug. Like, no disrespect to any delivery riders out there wearing their shirt. No, right but now. like this brand loyalty is something that I feel is uh, uniquely tragic through the right lens. Especially with ECW, it's like, oh man, they treated me so fucking good. I'm gonna wear this shirt to the day I die. Imagine if they paid him. What the fuck would he even oh, tattoo? Damn, on him, can man? you imagine that? Talk about perks, mate. You get paid and everything. <laughs> Every time I see you, you just blow my mind. I love it. I love the watch. But I like it when you show me, just me, not everybody else. If you want to be in public so bad, why don't you just come to the ring with me tonight? Be in my corner, all right? Will you come be in my corner tonight? Yes, of course, I'd love to. <laughs> Mike Knox is really happy. Because he's got a teenager backstage with him. Whoa, 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 hang on a second, hang on. For fuck's sake, Kevin. Now, Mike, when you're doing this scene here, it's important that everyone knows that you love her, okay? You love this teenager. Okay, but just keep it pure, all right? Mm. Don't, I don't want, I don't want to do down there in Deep South, but I don't want any of this on her, okay? I hate this so fucking much. No, so fucking much, man. Mike Knox is the happiest man in the world because he's got a girlfriend. Mm, teenage girlfriend, baby. Would you be in my corner tonight, please, Kelly? Because I don't want anyone to see you. <laughs> and that's the best way to make sure no one sees her. You know what's really sad about Mike Knox is that if you didn't hear him speak ever and you saw him wrestle and he has one thing going for him at this point in time. I think he did go on to become someone who has a presence in the ring. I think when he ta when he became a bigger dude, he had mm -hmm. more of a you know, presence in the ring or whatever. Here he has one thing going for him. He's got them crazy Will Fort eyes. It's the eyes. He's got something going on there. Honestly, I was really... It sounds so weird to be that impressed by the eyes. But considering I don't know anything about Mike Knox except he was some guy that was in ECW and I have very low expectations for much of this roster. So when I saw him doing that fucking stare and he's got like, it's a weird thing to say, he's got amazing teeth as well. Yeah, like he's yeah. got very unique teeth with like big gaps between them. Like he's got quite a striking look. Take away the shitty gear they've given him to work in and I think that you could genuinely get a really impressive looking wrestler out of him. And I think as well, if you have to go, because it's 2006, the whole guy is overprotective of his exhibitionist teenage girlfriend route. Yeah. You know, you could do it without him having to talk. Yes, for sure. Because Mike talks like this. And yeah. He's, he's, he's got absolute deer in the headlights voice where it's like, you've been told you have to do a promo and Paul Heyman has got too many meetings to sit you down and go, Mike, that's it. people really need to think that you're into this teenager. Oh, Jesus. Because if you just had Mike Knox come out and interrupt Kelly's expose and give that look in his eyes. That tells you everything you need to know. That's all. He just needs to be like, Kelly... When you take off your clothes, I feel special in my dingling. Yeah! <laughs> Jesus. But when other people see you taking off your clothes, that makes my dingling <laughs> sad. <laughs> like, no, we don't need to hear your fucking baby talk and voice. Mike. <gasps> I can't believe his voice is undoing his eyes. Yeah, I know. It's really tragic. When you speak, Mike, you might as well take out a teaspoon and gouge out them great eyes of yours Aww. for all the good it's doing us here. Kurt Angle backstage with the extreme teleprompter. I don't know oh, what was more tragic dude. about this. A, the fact that Kurt Angle had to so obviously visibly read his promo off a teleprompter. Yeah. Or B, that he read a bit that said, start crying and did. Because mm. it was a good promo here. My name is Kurt Angle. Tonight I face Rob Van Dam. If I beat Rob Van Dam... I'll earn the right to compete for the WWE Championship at Saturday night's main event. 
but you already knew that. What you probably don't know is since April 2nd, I consider every day a failure because April 2nd, WrestleMania, was the last day I held a championship belt. And every single night I come home and my wife kisses me and my three-year-old girl, my little girl, looks me in the eyes and she hugs me and I put this fake smile on my face. But inside, I hate myself because I am a champion. I am the greatest champion this business has ever seen. And if getting the chance to be a champion again means taking Rod Van Dam, a man I personally have no problem with, and beating on him so badly and putting him in such agonizing pain, he prays to God to go back in time so he can choose another line of work, then that's what I'll do. It's what I have to do. Because failure is not an option. Not when your name is Kurt Angle. That's it. And when we cut, we just cut to Kurt Angle in front of like a plain backdrop talking into the lens. And I was like, this is kind of ECW from yeah, what I understand. Intense, plain, this, straightforward. This is kind of giving that vibe. And then you see him looking dead into the camera and his eyes keep ticking off to the side. Oh, like, and I'm like, Kurt Angle reading a teleprompter? This is the guy that goes out into the fucking ring and cuts amazing promos in front of crowds. Why is he looking at fucking cue cards? The crux of this promo, and it's, it's fucking awesome. This is one of those promos that if I described it to you, you know, you'd think that's... A, and you, you envision this car yes. angle, resting machine car angle... Your imagination this. reading a transcript of this will be ten times better than the actual product. Where he's like, every morning I have woke up since April 2nd has been a failure because that is the last day that I held the world championship. I'm Kurt Angle. I need to be champion. And then he's like, I, checks teleprompter, hate myself. Oh. Ah! It's, a, it's a good promo. When I see my... Little girls... Well, I've got daughters. Uh, <laughs> fuck. I ain't seen them, I, you know. But I have to look them in the eyes and let them know that I'm a failure because I'm not the champion. I'm Kurt Angle. I need to be a champion. It's, man, if this show wasn't sandwiched between 10 other things that WWE needed to produce mm -hmm. and it was just left to its own devices, if there was a Philadelphia equivalent of Full Sail University where you could take this crew, yep. put them in a hothouse, yep. leave them alone, mm -hmm. and let, let them do, let it. Them do like, it. Yes. I think you would have made some really riveting content with some Absolutely. of these characters. Because Kurt Angle's got something to show us here. Yeah. Which is different from or typical Kurt Angle that we've seen for the last six years on TV. That's it. This is a very exciting new take on Kurt Angle's character. And this promo was like, really started getting me excited. But because it zooms in, the eyes become so much more apparent. And it was so distracting and just... Honestly, tragic. Kurt doesn't need fucking cue cards. Learn what the hell? Fucking promo. I'm sure he you could. Know, he he could have, right? He's, he's come out and done 15 minute promos, like with literally no help before now. This feels like it was an overproduced thing. Yeah, where like, it's, oh no, the promo's changed now. It was yeah, we've made a few tweaks. Yeah, like, oh, well, yeah. I'm not going to be able to learn that now. Like, yeah. And this is during this time as well, where apparently he was on, like, you know, well. According to, to people who were in the locker room, it was like he was a bad bad place, let's just say. And I understand that. Yeah. I know this isn't Kurt Angle in a happy or healthy place, but he's still very talented and very capable. And this 
combine this with remember in the last batch we did there was a horrible rvd promo backstage oh god yeah it's definitely down to production i think whoever's directing these backstage promos is like either making guys do it way too many times or making too many adjustments or, or they had too many other things to do yeah too many notes or whatever because this should have been a you know easy home run promo right yeah. here and it's just not that. Total whiff, like. Yeah. Yeah, I have a funny feeling that after Karango walked away, Brooklyn Broad was going to bring in, like, John Cena Literally. to, like, you know, plugs for the Spokane market yeah, or whatever straight afterwards, back to back. Yeah, and you know what? You've probably, if you listen to the audio of it here, you probably think, what are you talking about? Great promo. Again, much like Mike Knox, it's the eyes. It's just the eyes. That's the problem. Mike Knox taking on Danny Doring. Yeah. Tell me one thing about Danny Doring, Adam. I, right, I'll tell you the only thing I know about Danny Doring is that I've seen many kayfabe commentary countdowns. You know the ones where they talk to like 30 people and just splice together all the talking heads? And every time it cuts to Danny Doring, I'm immediately like, oh, fuck. Because he comes out with some really fucking unlikable, edgy opinions. Man, like, his you shoot is fucking poison. And the way he talks, you can tell he's like... I've got you all in the palm of my hand right now. <laughs> my, the, the pure charisma of Danny Doring. Wait till I weave this amazing story for you all. Yeah, like, I got big Simon Dean vibes from him where it's like, I bet you think because you like ECW, you know anything about me. But like, I own a house. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know shit marks. Like, I don't know. Danny Doring seems to me like he'd be someone selling vape pens. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like this business model like if 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 sales of vapes continue like this <laughs> i don't know anybody she's fucked um i but um being that i am a notorious um i don't like women um i'm under the belief that every girl in the wrestling business and i understand a few of you really 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 have passion and love the sport of wrestling and you guys are into it because you want to give women wrestling that respect but it's kind of like the stripper who's paying her way through college i can't really buy a lot of it i have a belief that 90 percent of you already should be in a whole bag before you even got in the wrestling business i i may have told it before but the story about danny doring and roadkill getting their tryout in 2001 mm -hmm. after ecw collapsed in Madison Square Garden. Right. Paul E. said to them, when ECW, like, you know, when it went by the way of the, the dodo in, in 01. I remember After this. they went bankrupt, Paul's like, I will get you a shot. Because Doring and Roadkill were like the standout cool guy tag team in 2000, late 2000, early 2001. They had mm -hmm. fabulous matches. If you like that type of big move, big bang, loud noise. Yeah. Non-stop tag team wrestling. I think it is something... That maybe doesn't get the, the, the fair dues that it deserves, mm -hmm. you know? People like Tajiri and Super Crazy or Mikey Whiprack who are in that mix as well. You know, uh, Tony Mamaluke, Little Guido. There were some really great tag matches back in that ECW day. So, them getting a tryout before Raw in Madison Square Garden mm -hmm. seems like a big deal. And Heyman apparently went up to them beforehand and he's like, It's Madison Square Garden. It's the biggest moment of your life. You're speaking for me, for you, for Roadkill. For all of ECW, the future of this business is in your hands. And they went out, and like apparently Tony Garia was like their agent. He's like, maybe you do a big back body drop. <laughs> you build up to the hot tag. The big man does a scoop slam. Yeah, baby. Literally, Roadkill like did a did the last ride. <laughs> Springboard double clothesline from the big man. 
you know, fucking... 362 yeah. stone off the top row. Oh, they were, they were going to bring out the tables at the end. Like, I don't know. And leave it all in the ring. Like, and like, and Heyman afterwards is like, yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll be in touch. Like, oh, you know? lads. And I, I mean, you can't even blame them in that context. No. It's totally, oh, no. It's totally Paul's hype-up speech that yeah. got them going. Like. This, this is the example of when Paul doesn't read the room correctly. Like, yes. You know. So, it's Mike Knox and Danny Doring. Yeah. <laughs> Taz has got one thing working against him in this match, and it is the term of the week, which is exhibitionist. Oh, my God. You know Kelly Kelly's an exhibitionist. Exhibitionist. He is struggling. It's an exhibitionist, Taz. What's wrong? Can't you say exhibitionist? Look at me say it. Exhibitionist. Now you try. Expeditionist. Expedition is great. <laughs> Fucking hell. So Kelly is in Mike's corner. <sighs> And Kelly, they did they did this exact spot like the year prior, I think, would like when they had Stacy Keebler was Scott Steiner and Tess's girlfriend. But nobody better see you taking off your clothes. Right. And then like the fans like, Woo, take off your clothes. And she's like, Okay, I will. So like Kelly just like walks over to people in the crowd who are like, huh? And she's like, There's like a plant Look. there. There's, <laughs> there's a plant there in the crowd that she's like, Will you take my bra off? And again, much like before, he's like, Yeah, let's just get this. One second here. Oops. She's an exhibitionist. Get her a new bra for fuck's sake. Like week three. Honestly. Week three. As as much as I like we've been over how much I don't like the tastelessness of this gimmick, the fact that she's a nineteen year old girl, the fact that she looks mortified every time. The fact that she's so pure. If you if you want to have a character be an exhibitionist, why do you make her so fucking crap at taking her clothes off? Like, All these bits, she, she seems so uncomfortable. Can like, you blame her? No, like, honestly, because you know you're plucked from absolute obscurity. You're put yep. into you know TV immediately. Yep. And your only on the job training is a fucking six year old freak Vince McMahon did a strip routine for you and said, "Now do that." Oh. God. And then some other, you got a weird guardian angel who yeah. may or may not be the actual devil. Yeah, literally. So, yeah, it's pretty bad. I felt bad for the lad who had to unhook her brow as well because yeah. when Mike Knox catches wind of this, he leaves the match, goes over, gives the guy the working punch, and then is meant to pie face him. This dude took a spill. His head hit the chair. Yeah. And that's the front row VIP fan chair, so it hurt. And then he <laughs> smashed his face on the concrete. Yeah. Like, that dude, like, thank God it was a plant, because otherwise it was a lawsuit and a half on your hands. It was, like, the most extreme spot of the night, and it was yeah. completely by accident. <laughs> he landed right in his beam. So, yeah, <laughs> Kelly gets told off. And even with the distraction, mm. even with... All of the circumstances are at the ring. Yep. Doring doesn't even land a punch. Uh-uh. And like, there's a lot of folks who shouldn't appear, like Sandman, like Roadkill, like mm-hmm. Balls Mahoney, like your know, Francine, all these people that they signed who are like, fuck it, it may be my last run. I'm getting in the best fucking shape of my career. Mm-hmm. Doring looks like he looks like fucking Tim Heidecker during yeah. like you know uh, he's all he's over oiled to try yeah. and like and he's like in this weird kind of like bowed up pose. He looks ridiculous with his big pants all pulled up under his oxters. He looks like he should be wrestling at WWA or yeah. like it was a last minute booking or whatever. Like how did he get a trading card made of him for <laughs> like this perform like if you're being squashed mm-hmm. and you don't have a hope spot and you still manage to seemingly not fit in and not belong getting squashed by a guy who is like covered in distractions as well like mike knox definitely not at his best and you still couldn't get anything in so yeah during uh he gets mike knox's spinning neck breaker 
Knocks out. Boy, are you serious? Yo, Cole, you can win these matches by knocks out, by pinfall, submission, or knockout. <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty damn shit. We got yeah. the eyes from Mike at the end. Yes. But there's a lot of moving parts here, and most of them actively take away from the other moving parts. Absolutely. Guess what, Adam? <gasps> Test is coming. Oh, this fucking vignette. Big fucking vibes of Brackus here. Like, <laughs> my Nanama is test. Like, this is fucking weak. Like, yeah, you know as well, like, for me, what gave me the cold chill was not that test was coming back, but they exclusively used footage of test from that miserable Scott Steiner, Stacey Keebler run, mm. where they just had the fucking dirt worst matches. So boring. And then they teamed together. No! <laughs> test with the short hair as well. And the bicycle shorts. Fucking like. hide and test over here. He looks so rubbish. Absolutely not looking forward to seeing Test later on. You won't have to wait long. Kelly's expose's got its own graphic now. Yeah, cute little fonts. And we have a new rule, which is no commentary. No commentary, no, go quiet. <laughs> which makes it even more noticeable that the crowd is dead. Like, absolutely, you could hear a pin drop for this. When Joe walked in when I was watching oh, this. Oh, no! <laughs> which, thankfully, she's watched enough wrestling now to know that, that she can expect things like if this. If I was, I would have literally switched the channel to actual porn. I'm like, no, no, I'm watching whoa, whoa, real porn. Masturbate, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. But <laughs> she was taken aback at how bad Kelly's dancing was. Yep, really bad. Like, it is so poor. Kelly tries to do, I mean, I I forget, I don't know if there's a more PC way to describe it, but the dance move of the day was the slut drop in yeah, inverted yeah. commas, yeah, yeah. where you're meant to kind of go down low. Yeah, real fast. She nearly takes a flat back bump yeah. when she does it, Adam, and she literally has to put her hand out and yep. steady herself. It's so fucking awkward. Oh, if we had the commentary, you would have had Taz going, oh! Oh, she nearly landed on a bean there. Heads up, Cole! He's doing, she's doing the slut drop! Oh! And this goes on and on. And again, world's worst exhibitionist. She's like, I'm, I'm going to do it. Here I go. I'm going to take my clothes. No one tr no one better stop me because this time I mean it. I'm going to... Okay, like, you you forced me to do it. I'm going to do it. Like, Did Mike go backstage and just let her there? Right. Because, like, Mike, you took her out. Then she walked up to her own little... She has her own special stage she does. now. She has a special zone with a special graphic and everything. Like, And, like, I'm not saying there is such a thing as the Mike Knox pop, right? That you could somehow Whoa. ruin it. But... We've already seen him twice. Yep. And if there's a lad where there's ever going to be diminishing returns, it's Mike Knox. You don't say. And surprisingly, Adam, the third appearance of Mike Knox of the night is the smallest amount of yep. booze that we get. So when the fake booze come oh, in... My, you literally hear them press the button like it just starts... <laughs> out of nowhere. It's so on the nose. Oh, my God. And they immediately pay a replay of the entire segment. Yes! Again, we have to watch it twice. Oh, baby. No! It took me a second here. Fucking hell. I had to translate my own notes here because I wrote down, oh, fuck me, it's big dick fuck face. <laughs> <laughs> and that could be any number of people. It's big dick Johnson. Now, Adam, do you remember the last time big dick Johnson showed up and me, you and Billy were having a chat and we brought up that he had a new career? Remind me? So big dick Johnson, for those of you who don't know, 
oiled up naked stripper guy who he does used, stuff with DX. Does right? stuff with DX. Yeah. Was used throughout 2006 as one of the boogeyman Ron Simmons, Jillian Hall backstage goof. Damn, yeah. you know he's just a guy you can throw in as a punchline or yep. part of the classic Brian Gowitz omni five punchlines in a row because I'm not yep. confident any one of them will land particularly <laughs> well. Check, please. <laughs> now, Big Dick Johnson. It was also a writer for WWE. Right. And apparently out of all the writers in the world, he was the lad who was like, I'll do it. Okay. Me, 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 me. Yeah. I want to be on TV. Me, 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 okay. me, me, Like proper like Ed Ferreira vibes yeah. to him, you know? Now, after he left WWE, he went off and found himself a new career with Turning Point USA, the conservative youth action group. That's it. Who are the people who put on those, you may have seen them on Twitter, where it's like, ladies and gentlemen, Senator Ted Cruz, he's had enough. Yeah. I'm going to you're never going to take a bite and run from me. It's the right-wing politics equivalent of, like, hog wild in Sturgis. Pretty like, much. Like, all yeah. these fanatics there having a great time. I'm back! <laughs> I'm better than... A, like, non-stop fireworks pyro. Yeah. And I remember John Oliver did a, a segment on it where he's like, is this so like WWE? How mm-hmm. like, they're, they're setting it up like people have entrance videos and, yeah. like, titantrons and all this stuff and pyro. Well, yeah, it's because Big Dick Johnson was actually working there for Turning Point USA. Right, okay. And he was working as a ev- creative events coordinator. Big job there. It's funny that he was working for Turning Point USA because he had lost his job in WWE mm. during the pandemic. He had been someone who was phased out of writing. He was brought back then full time and he was let go after a Zoom call in 2020 because of apparently extremely unprofessional behavior Uh-oh. on a conference call. Meaning? Meaning, apparently, and this is not verified, he was caught watching porn oh, on a device while sake. Vince McMahon <laughs> and the whole damn team were all on the call. My God. This is a team which apparently when Bruce Pritchard had really bad flu and was bedridden and was like, I'm not going to make it to TV. They set up a monitor by his bed so that in case he died, the last thing he could do was say, I think that's good, Vince. <laughs> so if you get kicked off them calls and fired, you've done bad. You've done real bad. Like. But a minor controversy broke out in late March with Big Dick Johnson. Oh, we're still not done, apparently. Oh, Adam. <laughs> Fuck me. You know I wouldn't be going on unless there was a really happy ending. So Big Dick Johnson became a target of a, a, a little bit of a pylon on Twitter. But the good kind of pylon, because you had people going... Here, you know this lad is working for Turning Point USA and is telling all these people that, like, drag shows are killing their children and mm. all this fucking anti-gay nonsense and just this right-wing fucking bigotry, for lack of mm-hmm. a better term, that's been wrapped up in pomp and circumstance. Look what this lad's been doing. And it's literally the segment we're about to see, which is the Sandman having his cane yes. whacked off by Big Dick Johnson going... <laughs> yeah. And that gif went around. And baby, it went viral. Yeah. And let's just say it went so viral that Big Dick Johnson deactivated all of his social media wow. accounts. Wow. Except for his LinkedIn. Oh. <laughs> and baby, Kevin's just been on LinkedIn this Fuck morning. Me. Where all reference to Turning Point USA has been stripped. Really? From his profile. Much in the same way that he has been stripped from Turning Point USA's website and Whoa. materials. All of his most recent activity on LinkedIn is literally saying, I need a job, lol, to people like Jeff Jarris. 
<laughs> and he's currently working as a story contributor, which someone told me is quite a low-ranking position in the world of reality TV for the company that does Bar Rescue. Wow. A fitting punishment. We got him, folks. Yes! There it is. Big Dick Johnson has been compromised <laughs> to a permanent end. Score one for the good guys. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the fakest of laughs when Big Dick Johnson comes out. <laughs> he comes out and he starts dancing and he starts taking his clothes off. And it's like, what? You know, beforehand we had like a zombie and Macho Libre. It was like, I get it, it's silly. This is literally. He's a big lad and he's dancing. Can you imagine that? He should be ashamed of himself. What's going on? And when the... And you cut to Sandman. He is fucking just punching the clock here. Like, yeah, I like drinking beer and chasing women. You know the fucking deal. Let's just do this. And if you engage in a campaign of anti-LGBTQA defamation, I kill the holy hell out of you. Now, this segment had one thing running through my mind the entire time which is big dick johnson comes out in a fluffy robe yep that has clearly had whoever's name was on the back like shaved off yeah it, and i could just make out the stitching i literally spent half an hour rewinding trying to figure out i thought it was maybe rob conway but right I, it's some maybe renee dupree it was someone's <laughs> robe and they're literally like yeah, you don't work here anymore <laughs> You know, like, you know the way like, if you work in Asda, at the end of the day, you can take from the, the, the expired yes. food yeah, pile. Yeah, take it home with you. You take from the released wrestlers' yeah. gimmicks pile. Only hand-me-downs for Big Dick. There was a point in time, literally a week ago on, on ECW, where Joey Styles and Taz would be like, this is everything that ECW isn't. Ew, sports entertainment, gross. That was the point of these bits. But this bit, it's now it's like, this is, this is just funny. We're just having a good time here on ECW. Sandman loves to have fun, King. Uh, yeah, so the stick gets wanked. I thought I saw a guy in the front row laughing, but he was coughing. <laughs> this is a SmackDown crowd, don't forget, folks. <laughs> and I will say, there's one thing about the segment that I did like and did make me laugh, like a genuine laugh out of me, which is when Sandman pierces him in the <laughs> dick stabs him. like he goes <laughs> and then he pulls it out like <laughs> like he did put a bit of heft on it like he was withdrawing it like oh, it, the it, proper it had penetrated flesh for yeah. sure and yes sandman fake smiles yeah his heart is not in this no because it's the one thing being the sheriff of ecw when you get to run off you know bozos and clowns and macho libre but this was just like this is the stuff that's left over from Raw. Yeah, you know? pretty much. Yeah. I mean, there's a world where I can I can accept the zombie and I can accept Macho Libre. But for me, literally, I was so disappointed that week three we were gotten something that we'd seen before. Because mm -hmm. it's like, come on, you, you've got a million writers who right, want to do low-hanging fruit you stupid can do shit. better than this, surely. I wanted like a fake Hulk Hogan or something. Something. Like that, yeah, keep having know? a pop at WWE. This is this is the point in time where you were like really mean-spirited. This is when you mm -hmm. gave Jillian a singing gimmick because Hulk Hogan's daughter dared to try and have a career. Yeah. Like this was proper mean-spirited and you just big dick. Yeah. Whatever. Great. Backstage... Paul warns Rob Van Dam about triple threat rules because, Rob, you don't even need to get pinned to lose your championship. So, at the upcoming Saturday night's main event yes. in a few weeks, Rob's going to defend his WWE title against Edge and Cena 
But if Kurt wins tonight, then Kurt gets added and it becomes a fatal four-way. And Rob's like, cool, whatever, man. Like, no. it's just 2001 Rob again. Doesn't really care. Hasn't got much to say for himself. Nope. I mean, honestly, <laughs> you know, it, as much as I want to point the blame at all it being about, you know, the arrest and how bullshit it was or whatever, the reality is, is that this Rob Van Damme character was, was coasting. Yeah. This already I, sucks. N- never mind the fucking pot bust or whatever. Like, it's already shit. Like, but I mean, in fairness, in his mind, it's like, well, of course, Rob Van Dam's gonna coast because my whole gimmick is I'm, you know, I'm the guy from ECW, and now I get to be in ECW. And part of the appeal of it is that you meant to take it for granted that you're gonna get big pops because you're an ECW guy. Yeah. But like, Rob is overworked, and like, yes, he you, is. You know, it's bad when Paul Heyman is rocking the uh, the world building stubble that's meant to show that. It's getting to Paul now. Yeah, that he's have, worried. Having this fighting champion, it's like his, his investment in ECW is maybe not going to pan out the way mm-hmm. he wants to. Rob, who's meant to be at the top of the world, he literally says, I'm on top of the world, Paul. He's as stubbly and tired looking as yeah. Paul. He's meant to be in kayfabe, all tired. Low energy. Like, oh my God. And again, more credence to this being the fastest hour on TV because Rob's like, cool, whatever, man. And he walks off and Paul's like, but Rob, I understand that you cut to Edge and Lita. Segment's <laughs> over. Like, just like that. Gone. <laughs> That's it. Is there like a thing, uh, you, you mentioned this to me before, like you like you edit in camera or whatever it is, like when you go... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They've only got one camera yeah. to film this, so they have to press pause and then quickly run out to Edge and Lita. Go, 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 go. <laughs> Edge and the, and I quote, sinful sex pot Lita. Yep. And if you didn't know that they were sinful sex pots, they are both wearing t-shirts that say the words sex For on fuck's <laughs> sake. Good God. Not since Dean Malenko have we seen such a sex-obsessed character. Like. Baby, I, I, you know what? I have this thing where if I'm going to go to uh, to the AEW show in Wembley, right, I want to rock the worst wrestling shirt possible. Well, you've got the big nasty I, bastard I, one. I do have big nasty bastard, yeah. but like, if I could find a core shirt <laughs> or an edge shirt that literally just says sex in spray paint graffiti... Oh baby! No, I, I want you to go there wearing a Y two AJ shirt and try and <laughs> try and make Jericho notice it, like Chris, Chris, and he'll be no, no, my closest friend AJ. I'm in AEW, you idiot. <laughs> so yes, they bully the fans out of their seats in the front row. I'm starting to think that every fan in attendance is a plant, and that's the only way they could make these front rows really, look full. Uh, like, papered the crowd a bit, honestly, like, you know. I I'm beginning to realize that Edge is basically like the biggest part of ECW. We see him right. more than anyone else. I thought by week three we'd be done with the whole WWE ECW shit, like. But now Edge is still here. Come back from the break, and Taz he's got up from his chair and he's interviewing Edge. I kind of liked Edge, Big League, and Taz here. That mm-hmm. was a way to get good heat for me. As a, as a youngster who loved his ECW. Yeah, Edge is like, look, I have to lean down to talk into the mic because Taz is so fucking small. And Taz is like, fine. And he just goes and sits back down. Taz is pretty good at this where like so many announcers get bullied and then they're like, oh, okay. And they walk away. Taz is very good. And maybe it's just because when you see Taz, you can't help but think about Taz the wrestler. Mm. But like when Taz gets put down by Edge and he kind of has that like fucking like, if this was five years ago, you wouldn't yeah. be saying that. Like, yeah. Ta- and I think it's really effective then when it's Taz where it's like, he can't fight you anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's what's really fucking annoying for him. Kind of like, like a Gorilla Monsoon kind of vibe. Yeah. Like, How dare you disrespect like, this guy? This guy's actually taking the bigger, you know, he's taking the high road here. Yeah. And he doesn't really want to. He wants to get down and dirty or whatever. So yeah, I thought that was a good use of him here. Edge just does your typical like... Why is, why is he an ECW, Kevin? Because it sucks. Because <laughs> I'm Edge and I do... 
Whatever I want. Whoa. Crickets. We are less than halfway through the show and it's time for the main event. That got me excited because I thought, hey, you say, when you say it like that for any other show, it's like, Jesus, how long is that main event? That means we're going to get a 15 minute main event here pretty much. A decent sized main event. And it's Angle versus RVD. So I got genuinely quite excited by that. We might see some fucking wrestling on ECW. We come back from break and Taz is still hot. He calls the Rated Or Superstar that stupid little goof edge. Stupid goof. Fucking beautiful. Not much of a reaction for Kurt Angle or Rob when they come no, out. And crowd that, is dead. That is a dead crowd because I don't think Rob is as over as we would have liked to have believed. You know, judging from the vengeance pop and from what we've seen at maybe other yep. non-ECW shows, but they're just tired now. Yeah, that's it. It's not really a reflection on these two guys' popularity. It's just that this, this crowd, it's like nearly 11pm, guys. This crowd is knackered. And it may have gotten you excited, but if you're in this audience being told you're going to get a nice... Long main event now. Uh, Probably was making them think, fuck me. Do you think I could beat the traffic honestly, now? Honestly. Like, you know? I mean, th- thankfully, most of the crowd has already left after SmackDown, yeah. so the traffic's going to be nice and light by now. <laughs> like, and not to be fatalistic or anything, but like, this is a very, very crap reaction. One of these lads is the world champion of two brands. Two brands, <laughs> right? He's a double champion across two shows. And I think it's even starting to get to Joey, Styles, and Taz. Joey describes a word salad for Rob at the start. The athletically amazing athlete, Rob Van Damme. Cool. And Kurt Angle, who was also an amazing athlete. Lads, you're Mm. broken. Yeah. We need to get the Joey Styles DLC where he's got new terminology. I think they're tired as well. Yeah, we've been sat there all day. Slow start, feeling each other out. You're in for a nice, long... Settle in, folks. Settle in. You're getting some wrestling here. Nice long match now is what you're going to get, all right? We got We Want Cena chance when they were locking up. We Want Cena on (laughs) ECW. Tears streaming down my face. Yo, Mr. Rift, you know that new column you want? Well, dig this. I don't like John Cena. I don't like that they were (laughs) chanting We Want Cena in the main event of ECW. I mean, they're a knackered crowd. They're a SmackDown crowd. Yeah, but the kids have got gas tanks on them, haven't they? The kids are still excited because they're young. No, the kids are angry and they want John Cena because (laughs) they're being given fucking five, six minutes of mat wrestling here, which is already a tough sell for a lot of wrestling crowds. Yeah, particularly in 06. We we weren't used to this or to appreciating this. Appreciated. And it's 2006, it's nearly 11pm, and we're getting a long sequence of lengthy chain grappling on the mat. People don't like this shit. I love it. I love this kind of wrestling. But this is tone deaf, I think. If you honestly think your SmackDown crowd at this time of night is going to come alive for this... <laughs> I mean, I was expecting the kids to start chanting, we want to go home. (laughs) We want bedtime. We want school. We want school. (laughs) Homework. Homework. Jesus. (laughs) But yeah, I, I, I liked it as well, but I couldn't help but feel that this was like, this was one of those little self-indulgent for like Kurt and Rob where it's like, let's go out and, because these lads, they do this to the point of almost gassing each other. Yes. Because they are drenched. It's that proper real Matt wrestling. Yeah, like there is a, there is serious like down deep explosions to get out of stuff. You know, they're pushing themselves far beyond what is reasonably expected for a main event, you know, back from the break and it starts to heat up a little bit. And as soon as they get some momentum going in the ring, oddly, the commentators run down everything we have seen already on the show. 
That's because it's the fastest hour on TV. You might have forgotten it, Kevin. Blink and you'll miss it. It's like they haven't done any work today and they want to be like, oh, we did so much. Yeah. You know, Mike Knox was here mm-hmm. and then he came out again and the third time Mike was yeah. here. We had an extreme expose. Danny Doran was in the house. Well, actually, I tidied the coffee table and I put that tissue in the bin. I've been quite busy today, you know? I applied for so many jobs oh. today. <laughs> no, you can't see my laptop. No. <laughs> no it's my laptop. You know, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it starts to get lethargic though like yeah. the, the the sheet grappling starts to bite them on the arse a little bit they're worn out well as long as you're having fun that's all the <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Angle has a quarter Nelson which is where you want to be so you can get that half Nelson Taz and get your opponent square on their back I bet you're used to having a play-by-play announcer who doesn't know the wrestling holes right Taz huh great Good. I, I like really intricate grappling details and then also patting yourself on the back afterwards. I like know. That's really fun commentary. Just say shoots the half, right? Yeah. Just, that's all you we need to say. We know that's what you want to say. Got Josh Matthews through an entire season of NXT. Brian Danielson, what's he going to do? He's going to shoot the half. That's why he's the best in the world. <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell you what we get from Rob, and it's beautiful to see him in, in the ring with Kurt just for this alone. Some of them big, dirty, released German suplexes. Yes. Where he goes sailing. Lands on his face. Beautiful. Which makes Joey Styles go, you dropped a few guys on their heads back in the ECW days, huh, Taz? Yeah. (laughs) 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 He can't even summon the enthusiasm for a half-titter anymore. This is Taz we're talking about. Do you remember in 2000 when he debuted on commentary? (laughs) And like, not even Joey being like, broken necks, Taz. Huh? But you, you got you like that, don't yeah. you? Like he's like, not even ta- he won't even take that base. Taz no. is just like, yeah, no, actually, I'm gonna be going home soon. Hopefully, playing with text real quick. I'll be with you in a minute. Do you think the star is open tomorrow? I know it's only the second largest man made star. I figured me and Hook could check it out. You know? <laughs> oh, he's got a camera. He wants to try it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, he's not Hook. He's Gooch. Gooch. Yeah, <laughs> straight up Gooch. <laughs> Rob starts a comeback. Leg lariats are plenty. A couple of blog-worthy uh, Yeah, you can hear. Shots. You listen because the crowd is so dead. You can hear Karen Angle typing furiously. <laughs> like. I love Kurt at one point. This is a really cool thing that Kurt did with this wrestling machine character. He started to do things that previously only big boo, powerhouse guys could do. Where it's like, oh, if you're going to run at me, I'll pick you up and go. Boo. Yeah. But Kurt, he's... You know, a smaller guy in the land of giants, you could say. Yeah. But when Rob hits against the uh, the turnbuckle and Kurt crabs him up by the legs. Hoofs him. He hoofs him. And it's like this big power moment. But Taz puts it over as being that's technique. He's using his momentum against yeah. him. He gets the legs out from underneath him. And all of a sudden he's in control. And I think Kurt really started to change the game for not just him, but other wrestlers. Uh, being like, hey, you can use technique to do power spots. Yeah. You know, because I think of like a lot of the stuff that Cesaro does in his matches that came later on where, you know, it wasn't just power. It was technique that let you do power stuff. It's something you could conceivably see in a real wrestling match, but it would be normally done by a proper heavyweight kind of guy. Yeah, a guy with high pants and a hairy chest. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Big mustache. (laughs) Oh my God. We get the top rope kick from Rob getting caught into the ankle lock. Beautiful. Who then pulls on Kurt, who then spills to the outside. One fluid movement. Really good. But this crowd just won't... They won't heat up. They can't heat they up. They can't. They can't. It's like if they've gone past the boil at this point. You're not getting it back. And you know that when we're going for the ankle lock, which is probably the most over-submission in all of wrestling at this point in time, mm. you know, like that, you tease that move 
crowds react normally but they're doing it like three or four in a row and like good stuff as well where it's like you know rob goes for the kick and then you know but no not happening kurt jump scares rob van dan as he's going up for the five star and i love that where it's like you know you think it's the finisher he's going up top and yeah that is kurt running up to that top rope that's like one of the best spots in wrestling and it goes to the cameraman as well who always makes it so that you don't see it coming yes so when he disappears it's really scary or whatever it is and to be doing that like you say these lads are fucking drenched they really blew themselves up with that grappling like so for him to be that spry at this point in the match very impressive the olympic slam gets reversed into a spin out ddt by rob who heads up top hits the five star frog splash one of the first people to pin Kurt Angle cleanly. Completely clean. Without any silliness or any nope. Randy Orton uh, chicanery. Nothing. And I thought this was very much a match that I would say was excellent for the time. I think by modern standards, I wouldn't be saying, hey, go back and check out this one. Because no. the, the crowd aren't there. And stuff that seems innovative for us who have immersed ourselves in 2006 wrestling may not in 2023 seem as innovative or exciting. Yeah. I would say it's not about it being amazing for the time so much as the fact that this is fucking WWE ECW and I am starved for a bit of wrestling. So this, I think it is genuinely a good match, but when you've watched three episodes of ECW on sci-fi, this is a fucking five-star match by comparison, you know? I feel like this is the best episode of ECW on sci-fi for you. I think this is the peak. I yeah. think this is as good as it's going to get. But like, it was mostly a match between two of the then best wrestlers in the world. Yeah. Who would have thought, like... And then we get the lamest shit eggs. Sake. Edge leaves. Nah, I'm just playing. He doesn't leave. He speared him. That goof edge. That's just classic disrespectful counterculture WWE right there. You know what I don't like? I don't like when Edge tricks people. No. I don't like that. That's not how we do things in ECW. We're very respectful in this brand. Those damn sinful sex parts. They put a a Paul fell over uh, a very hot hot Edge ECW. You know what? I don't think I want to watch John Carpenter's body bags after all, actually. I think I'm just going to go to bed. I'm just going to go blog about it. (laughs) Caption, caption, contest, contest of the extreme sci-fi variety... Hey everyone, it's me, Captain Kevin, in the future, alongside fellow Irksman, Adam Bibolo. Hello. Hey, Adam, how are you doing? I'm good, because we are a couple weeks removed from having recorded this piece of shit, so I've managed to forget most of it. Yeah. It's so fucking extreme, man. Yeah. You know, it's... it's... Those those girls are so extremely young, and they're going to take some of their clothes off. And there's also... um, Danny Doring was there as well. He's got some extreme opinions, let me tell you. <laughs> There's an extreme distrust of women, yes. Yes. And we've got an extreme picture to be captioned here today, Kevin. Probably the most extreme thing that happened on either of these episodes yeah. of ECW and Sci-Fi. Oh man, it's Paul Heyman being hit right in the bean with a beer. We've got a newly crowned Big Show holding his title, looking a bit knackered. We've got Paul Heyman stood next to him. And the frame we've got here is as the Pepsi splashes right in his face, sending a jet of fluid out in different directions. Well, it is the exact moment, I think, of ECW ending as a, Pretty as, as a much. viable concept. Hell, don't tell WWE or TNA or House of Hardcore mm. or the many, many other reruns that we'll have after this fact. But uh, there's something particularly tragic about this. Paul's big moment being ruined which one you don't know mm. and this is all of course taking place in the backdrop of 
Rob Van Dam taking a little bit of siesta. Yeah. So I want to say from the get-go, caption contests have slowly been made more and more difficult over the years yep. by the ever-changing way in which our chosen social media platforms yep. wishes to display your comments and your suggestions. There used to be a rhyme, there used to be a reason. Now, I genuinely feel like I'm missing. We got like 250 comments here on Facebook and I'm scrolling trying to find the ones that you've all voted up high and mm -hmm. it's just... It's nearly impossible now. It's on shuffle. And that goes for both social media, yeah. Twitter and Facebook. Like, there's no ordering here. So if you've been left out, we can only apologize. Blame the algorithm. That's Or lack thereof. Yes. Even this is an algorithm anymore. Get me a goddamn algorithm. Adam's got us over here. He's the X-Man. Nope. I'm over Twitter. here on face man yep <laughs> so take us through adam what do you got starting off we've got a great one here from paddy at p dog with deepest regret and a Heyman that soaked now big show is champ ecw has croaked <laughs> it came back to life on vince's terms <laughs> soon he'll be champ and burying the brand with worms i'm glad worms gotta look in still <laughs> but if i could have a promotion as misused as you i'd have wished for cancer so i could die too <laughs> So be brave and be strong. Get the brand back on track. Because main eventer Bob Holly's on the way with a laceration on his back. Fantastic. <laughs> and you know what? I appreciate the ballast of the original pros being used. Yes. There. Not sure where to go? Don't worry. Ray Trader's got you covered 20 some years ago. Absolutely. Harry Green here. Back and to the left. Oh, back. there's a lot of them. Back and to the left. You really believe that there was a magic big show push? <laughs> Craig at Harlot Effect here. The definitive proof that ECW in 2006 failed as the Kool-Aid has been rejected. <laughs> Thomas Burden here. Paul Heyman has harnessed the power of telekinesis thanks to the X-Men. <laughs> Brackets, yes, the big show is being portrayed by Vinnie Jones. <laughs> Get ready for something that you've never known. <laughs> Wrestling referees or wizards. I said, Sandman, how much acid did you take? <laughs> Ketchup with lobster? Is there a deep cut for the Red Dwarf fans there? Look at that. And Red Dwarf will always have a place in my heart because when I lived in Lincoln with Adam, we were on a weekly basis advertised a Red Dwarf reunion show oh, that every inexplicably week. used the Raw's War font. Yeah. <laughs> Who was that one from? That was from John Rhodes. Sean Parfit here. Brock Lesnar submitting his urine sample to USADA for UFC 200. <laughs> Andrew Bright. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is All Sprayman. <laughs> Carl Hutchinson. What's the matter, show? 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 Whoa, that's good squishy. <laughs> Let's go crazy Broadway style. <laughs> Matthew Gregg here just commenting, November 22nd, 1963. That's how you know you go from an assassination also ran to an assassination aficionado. Yes, this person's listened to a podcast or two about it. They've read books, Adam. Oh! They've not got blood on their hands, but they've seen the people who've got blood on their hands. <laughs> no way home here. What is it, Paul? My job security senses are tingling. <laughs> 
I will say a lot of a lot of references to scanners here. Oh yeah, uh, naturally, naturally. And as two boys here who are in a summer long obsession with David Cronenberg. Yep. I hear you. I respect it. And yes, I do want Michael Ironside to portray Paul Haven in the eighties. <laughs> Replica end here. Subtext becomes text text as yet another plan for the ECW revival blows up in Heyman's <laughs> face. <laughs> Caleb Bennett here. Two Pauls, one cup. <laughs> Jordan Brent Carter. Well, my work is done here. What do you mean your work is done? You didn't do anything. <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> Paul Heyman warps out of the WWE for the next five and a half years. <laughs> and Benjamin D.D. Crew just wrote down, same vibe, and it's Professor X going, I love that Paul Heyman and X-Men is just a thing now. <laughs> you made it happen. Quizmaster Flash, Big Show used water sport. It's very effective. <laughs> Giants fan Jeff, pictures. Kevin's mental state every time Billy wins boys picks. <laughs> More on that in the future episode. Yeah, honestly, right? Steve Yurko, feel the power. Of the Pepsi Man. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Hey, you're not Dreamcast Man, Adam. You don't understand, right? Hey, that was a PS1 game, thank you very much. It's the Dreamcast? Pepsi Man. That was a PS1 game. Really? Yeah. PSX, technically, because it was Japan only. Oh, okay. That's how we're going to roll this. That's just, you wouldn't know, Kevin. You wouldn't know. <laughs> Matthew Reed Ball. Rare footage of a star exploding in, closer, in close proximity to a gas giant. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, we got one here from Mikey Taylor 92 who says, I have one, but it's dead rude laughing emoji. <laughs> well, fair, you know what? Checked himself at the door. Yes, you saved us there. Thank you very much. No naming and shaming here. We get an amazing reference here to the WWA from Born Micah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Paul Heyman Eruption! <laughs> yeah, I like that WWE show, the one with the big cardboard Paul Heyman on the right. <laughs> it's fantastic. Kizza 161 here. Biblically accurate Paul Heyman. <laughs> Alex Monkhouse. I don't give permission for my face to be on TV. I want it to be blurred. <laughs> One from Pedigree in the mid. WrestleMania 17 in the mind of Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> More on that in How To Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, folks. baby. Charlie Fads. So, Mr. Heyman, how far along in the slow, miserable death of the swinging slong of extreme are you? Bottom of the third. We're just figuring this stuff out. We haven't even hit our stride yet. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Piss off with that. <laughs> Jordan Platt here, CM Punk. Guys are always patting my greasy head for luck, pinching my belly to hear my girlish <laughs> laugh. AJ Lee. Hmm, that doesn't sound like, they like you at all, CM Punk. You know, I think you're right. First thing tomorrow morning, I'm going to throw my Pepsi in the back of Paul Heyman's head. <laughs> I don't know why this got me so much. From Seabed and Alan. Oh, I missed. <laughs> <laughs> or better yet, that Wario meme where he dies. Oh my god! <laughs> James Milky O'Hagan. Well, Paul Heyman had done it. The Big Show had won it. With Tommy Dreamer crying all the while. 
creatives tragic fucking made us smile while Sam and Lay unconscious on the bathroom <laughs> tiles, we're talking extreme from Philly to well Philly, we're talking extreme. Burke and Sylvester Turkai, Balls, Mo- Balls Mahoney's grotesquely swollen jaw, foot face, Sabu and Rob's run in with the law. We're talking ankle, punk and main event Bob Holly. <laughs> For fuck's sake! <laughs> Look, we're all trying to get Adam to do more. You're helping out there with that. Yeah. Helping out. Do more. You said you wanted main event Bob Holly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. You should hear what Adam from a few weeks ago was going to <laughs> say about it. For sake. That guy was beaten into submission. JD run out. Your champion? Our financial plans are ruined. We're doomed. Doomed, I tell you. <laughs> Paul's head explodes. <laughs> Come back from the flashback. Vince, let Heyman tell the story. <laughs> okay, but I know funny. <laughs> which is Paul Heyman going feel the power of the X and then someone saying hey feel the power of this soda you fuck (laughs) (laughs) David Green someone aimed the Valvina squirt gun very well (laughs) Mike Gorman here Vince I want ECW to be a big show with Pepsi Phil as its champion hmm Best I can do is Big Show as champion and a filled Pepsi. <laughs> Young Chocula here. Well, well, it's the tango. <laughs> he's been proper tangoed there, mate. He has, and he's got the kind of the the, the tangoish hue to him as well, hasn't it? Richie Nice. There it is. The final cup. I mean, the final cut. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we could interpret that explosion there as being electricity instead of liquid, right? Yeah. Brett and Bernie here, Big Show, a.k.a. Paul White, failing to throw lightning's ass in jail. (laughs) Chris Cole, Professor Paul Heyman showing he no longer needs Cerebro and can just willingly make Big Show go extreme. (laughs) Doesn't even make any sense. Devante Johnson. These big show tears are getting out of hand now. <laughs> <laughs> Punch Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> Butts in the Seats podcast here. Another slap in the face. I know this time of the year. Revolution. Hey, not that type of revolution. That's what it was. ECW and sci-fi was a rev- illusion. Oh, it's illusionary. It was a revolution, I but see. it was an illusion after all. And finishing us off here, Josh Moore's ECW on sci-fi, as directed by J.J. Abrams. <laughs> Dig the lens flare, brother. Well, thanks everyone for joining us for another caption contest. Yeah. Do not forget, you can, as always, sponsor the caption contest. Patreon.com forward slash a podcast. As well as getting all those goodies, you can, of course, sponsor the caption contest, get your product, your thing, your podcast, your YouTube series, your whatever, in front of our tens of thousands of lovely listeners. It always goes down a treat. Any and all information at attitudechairpodcast at gmail.com. And hey, Adam, now be a good... What? Well, you're all right. Go back to ECW, Well, how about how we, can, we can cheer you up and everyone else up as well who's yeah. stuck around for the caption contest and allude to a podcast they like from a couple of years back coming back oh that would be nice it'd be nice that would be nice a little return from something they'd recorded a few episodes and we're just oh. waiting for the right time to ah, it's back to ECW no! and sci-fi
ECW on Sci-Fi. It's the 4th of July, coming to you from the birthplace of ECW, Philadelphia. Oh. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> we're in Philadelphia in a slightly smaller arena. Oh shit, we're gonna get... Oh, God, no, we're gonna get ECW fans in here. This Fucking like... board the doors up quick, don't let them in! Oh, this seemed like such a good idea a couple no. of weeks ago. Oh, they're gonna be expecting ECW, no! This literally... On one of the blogs I followed, someone was like, look guys, don't judge until we get to Philly. The real fans will be there. Yeah. They'll put on the real matches. Yeah. Pete will steal the real ECW. They're saving it. They're, they're not going to throw away just Incredible versus the Sandman on, on like a, you uh, know, Virginia. You no. wait for the hot crowd and this is going to be pure ECW. They're not going to let us down. I will say between watching episode number three and episode number four here, my WWE app updated on PlayStation, which led to a very interesting experience because this app is not finished because mm. there is code written all over my screen oh. and the word VOD on demand was written on every <laughs> single episode of every single thing. So yeah, this has been transposed. I think that this app is not... We, we're getting the network still in the UK and that feels like... Yeah, we're not on Peacock. No. I imagine eventually someone's some going to BT Sport <laughs> yeah, or someone right? is going to take over. But for it's, now, it's still WWE's product. It feels like the Wild West here. Like it shouldn't be. Like it's been like fucking what eight, nine years at this point, like, and it is still ghastly on every plat. Unless you want to sit at your office desk and watch it on your PC. I watch it on a PlayStation, Adam. Yeah. So I come downstairs when I want to work and I turn on my PlayStation mm -hmm. and I scroll past all, all the, the fun all games. All the fun games. Uh, 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 uh. No, no, no. No, don't go to Crunchyroll. Don't go to Spotify. No, 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 Go no, to no. the one place. And I thank Billy Keeble for this because Billy is like, oh yeah, it crashes slightly less on PlayStation. <laughs> and it's true because like, I, there was points where we would watch stuff together on the regular app and we were like, can't watch it anymore. Can't do it. Can't do it. Sorry, folks. No podcast this week. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. So, yeah, here we are on the network uh, with ECW from the 4th of July. Now, this is appropriate, if nothing else here, Kevin. This is quite fitting because this episode of ECW, you'll probably notice by the end of the review, folks, this is a strange, unusual direction we're going in. Yeah. Well, this is on Twilight Zone Day on the sci-fi channel right Whoa, here. Whoa, Rod Sterling got a whole day? It has been, literally, you look at the TV guide, it's like Twilight Zone, Twilight Zone, Twilight Zone, ECW, Twilight Zone, Twilight Zone, Twilight Zone. So before this episode of ECW aired... I fucking love the Twilight Zone, and I want to show it to you so badly. The lead-in for this ECW episode was The Bewitching Pool, which is an episode where there is a pool in someone's garden, Yes. Kids go under the surface of the water. When they come back out, they're like outside some old lady's cottage. Oh, like. Adam, that's a really good shit Twilight Zone. Yeah? There's, that's a great thing. There's great Twilight Zone episodes. There's good shit ones and there's shit good ones. Mm -hmm. And I want to show you all the ones with Burgess Meredith in them as well. Much like ECW on sci-fi, there's, there's good shit ones, there's shit good ones, and there's good good ones. And at the end of every episode of ECW, they go, And now, Mr. Heyman. And he'd walk on smoking cigarette. Today, ECW was brought to you by X-Men. <laughs> Feel the power of the X-Men. Oh, God. <laughs> and then the episode after ECW this week is number 12 looks just like you. 
which I believe is some sort of body swapping. Ah, like, yes, 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 yes. You can get sort of like custom-made bodies and have that appearance kind of gimmick. Adam, the last thing in the world you should have been doing right now is describe two episodes of a show I'd much rather be watching yeah, I bet. than ECW The Blu-ray box set is literally up there right now. Kevin's hand is over the button on Audition no, no, no. to stop the recording. No, bring your eyes, keep going to the right, and there's Ryback. Look at him instead. <laughs> it's not quite the thing, but it'll get you more close to where I need you to be. The mindset, like... We use Ryback there to be like a mind palette cleanser yes you know? <laughs> don't get too excited about a good thing look at the big guy there we're talking go. about ecw on sci-fi think about getting off a plane now okay oh. we open up in paul Heyman's extreme zone because yep. last weekend there was an incident which we are not going to address no we're not going to talk about it but because of that rob van damme is no longer wwe champion <laughs> rob van damme was one of the greatest champions for the last three weeks that we've ever seen Rob had a schedule like anyone else. He's been running himself ragged. Last week, three nights in a row. He had a match on the pay-per-view. He had a match on Raw. He had a match on ECW. He needs to relax. And we all have ways of unwinding. And some people, some people like to imbibe <laughs> to calm down. I don't think it's that big a deal, personally. So I thought this was good in the sense that Paul was trying to, before he buried the grave for Rob Van Damme, put a few nice flowers by the tombstone yeah. at least, going, here lies Rob Van Damme. It was all right for a little bit when he was champion, right? Yeah. And I thought that they could have done him completely dirty. Paul Heyman's not going to do that. Well, Paul's though, not going to do that, because nah. Paul will always go to bat for someone who is intrinsically linked with him for the rest of his life. Yeah. You know, to, to a certain point. You know? <laughs> yeah, I was kind of distracted because this is the first glimpse we got of Paul's extreme zone. Yeah. Did you know what was in his extreme zone? No, I didn't notice. There were two lamps. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! That's pretty extreme, Joey! There was a leather sofa. Nice. Three mounted t-shirts, one of Sabu, one of Rob Van Damme, and one of the Sandman. Mm -hmm. There was also an ECW hat. Okay. And there was also a big pile of HDMI cables in the corner oh. where they had not cleared the shot. Oh. And also on the floor, it could have done with a bit of a hoover. I really thought you were going to say a pile of crudite. And because <laughs> as soon as you're talking about a zone backstage, I'm like, what are the snacks? Come on, give me the snacks. Big like fucking play of pills and doinks when he expected. Oh. It's fucking ECW. Like, come on, you know. We're in Philadelphia and this crowd were ready to boo at everything. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, boo! My name is Paul Heyman. And I'm a representative of ECW. 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 Rob Van Dam. Yay! Lost. Boo. <laughs> the WWE. Boo. Championship. To Edge. Boo. It's like a WarioWare mini game of like, <laughs> gotta react in the right way, like on time. Paul. Tries his hardest here, puts it all over. But Again, talking into the camera, right down the barrel like, of the lens. Like ECW. Very ECW. Of. What else is like ECW? Well, it's proudly acknowledging Rob's accomplishments and yeah, it's the big show. I'm looking for Tommy Dreamer. If I, <laughs> if I scoop Simon one more time, I got a free lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Now he's done with that shit now, Yeah, that, that, there is a great unfinished storyline. Honestly. I need to pay Tommy Dreamer for a shoot interview <laughs> so that I could turn it into TikTok clips and be like, what happened, uh, Tommy, when... Uh, what happened then when, uh, when, 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 when Big Show... What was the, what was the end game going to be for that there? I bet you any money I know what it is. Big Show was going to drop me on my balls. Uh, that was Aww. probably where it was going to go, I think. I predict, until they did this switcheroo here, I predict it would have been... 
four or five weeks of thank you, sir. May I have another? And then eventually he's like, no, I'm not going to give you another. I think you've had enough. Oh, he picks him up the respect. Yeah, pick up, handshake. Next week, they call him the Big Dreams, Taz. <laughs> Here they come out to the ring. <laughs> Big Show's got ECW tights on as well. Yeah, like. I like that. We cut to ECW New York. When they're, uh... <laughs> no! <laughs> ECW New York is actually in Scarsdale, by the way. So it's the... Paul's mom's Paul's mom's. That, that meatball marinara sub was made by Paul Heyman's mother. <laughs> It's all a scam. So yeah, uh, the boo of realization from yep. this crowd when they see the big show and they go, "All right, we've all read, we've all read the Observer That's this week. It. We know ECW fans are internet fans to a degree, aren't they? They know what's going on behind the scenes. They know Rob had to drop that one belt. He's probably going to drop this belt as well. And who do we see but fucking big nasty Paul White? Now, obviously, me, I was checking out NoDQ.com. I didn't have a credit card or my parents' permission, so I didn't read the Observer. Right. So when the big show came in, I was like. Wait, let's see how this plays out. Okay, maybe... Oh, man, Big Show's going to put Rob over. That'll be really cool. Maybe a big victory for Rob will help us focus on his accomplishments that we can proudly acknowledge here tonight in the spirit of ECW. So Big Show reveals the whole reason he actually joined ECW in the first place, the only reason he did this... Was to lock up Thunder's ass and no, throw lightning in jail. No, no, no. And I don't see them, Paul. You didn't tell me they were metaphors. <laughs> Paul promised him, if you jump ship to ECW, you'll get a title shot. And it's taken till week four where Big Show's like, Hey, hey wait a minute. <laughs> you said I could have a title shot. I've beaten every obstacle you put in my way. <laughs> Big Guido, Tommy Dreamer, Tommy, Tommy Dreamer, Dreamer again. again. <laughs> the door into your office. <laughs> so, yes. Big Whisper, Paul Weiss. Mr. Nasker. And Paul's stance at the minute is that, again, Rob is overworked. Rob's fucking knackered. He's been and doing too much. ECW is about team spirit. Yep. He's the face of the brand. We need to protect the brand. So let's yep. give Rob a night off. You'll get your title shot. Just wait. Let Rob catch his breath for a minute. And then we go straight into our opening. I forgot we had this. We actually so have an opening, it turns I out. I just go, let the by suicidal assassin <laughs> Jazz is still in the opening of this. Would you look at that? Could you imagine if we had women's wrestling on here? Oh, we will. Don't worry. Really? Catfight between Ariel and Francine. Coming soon, baby. Fuck this. And then Ariel and Kelly Kelly will be mixing it up soon. Fuck this. And then a costume contest. With, a costume uh, contest. Trinity. And I, I think Ariel's there as well. Easy dub. Easy dub. Whoever chants ECW the loudest, they win the costume contest. You see, that's how they do it. So. So, yes, we're welcome back. I'm sorry I kept track of it because they said it. I think they said it five or six times tonight. We are in the birthplace of ECW and the birthplace of America. It's Philadelphia. Yep. And every time they said that, I went, welcome to Jack Swagger's <laughs> America. Joey Styles got the red, white, and blue uh, yep. uh, uh, handkerchief there. I like that he was supporting France during these trying times. Very good oh. there. And a big old crucifix there on the lapel, Joey. Yeah, you see that. It's, that's what this country's about. That's it, yeah. The founding fathers were very, very clear. It's mm -hmm. about Christianity. Church and state. Together. At last. On the same <laughs> nasty, ugly, diabolical page. <laughs> So, cut from the show open intro package, 
What's the first thing we're going to do to kick off this episode? It's Kelly Kelly's Extreme Expose! Sorry, Kelly's Tribute to America! This, I, <laughs> I am not patriotic for any country, but I felt this was disrespectful. <laughs> like, yeah, I think never before has Kelly's routine looked as obviously choreographed as Vince McMahon. Mm. She fucking walked around that chair. The folding chair they give. Oh, it's like a little plastic it's a clear chair. chair yeah. yeah. To match her heels. And yep. she walked around it. I've seen skeletons walking in yep. fucking stop motion animation that had more of a rhythm and a vibe to them. It's honestly mortifying. You can see like, the fucking strings where Johnny Ace is like, no, I can control her as a, pu- oh. as a pure puppet. Puppetry is the purest art form there is. At the very least, this time they finally had the good sense to pump in the hairdryer noises. Ah. So you're getting like a constant. She's tiptoeing around the stage like it's made of ice. Yeah. And it says a lot that you have brought in a extremely predominantly male ECW crowd here in 2006. Yeah. On the 4th of July. And you can't make them cheer for the booby lady with an American flag on her? Right, literally. Like, that shit's gotta get a pop, right? I mean, we talked about this. Like, last time, they don't make any pop for her whatsoever. She starts taking her bra off. Silence. That's like, normally, for a fucking horny wrestling crowd, that is the pop where it's like, oh, maybe. You'd think, (laughs) after three weeks in a row of this dead segment, Maybe we maybe shift gears a little maybe. bit here. So, what are we going to do differently this time? Kelly's trying to take her clothes off, and <gasps> Mike Knox is going to stop her. Are you kidding me? Mike Knox, he's in the house. He did that again. Mike, again. Four times now. Bloody hell. Oh, man, I hope week five goes better than this. Now, I know it's a fine line or whatever it is, and obviously it's not my country and not my flag, so it doesn't mean a whole ton to me. Yeah. But there's a fine line, I'm sure, of what is and isn't cool to do with the American flag, which I think in wrestling past, at least we can say, that the Canadian flag has been subjected to a lot more... Do what you want with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that's because Canadians are like, ah, fuck it, we don't care, or Americans are like, oh, we're very sensitive about our flag, but this felt somewhat disrespectful to the American flag. Yeah, because... Knox comes out not with a towel this time, but with the American flag to drape her in. Like, come on, guys! You can't just start chanting "You suck dick" at Mike Knox for no reason. Oh, this is an ECW crowd, all right. Come on, guys! Just because ECW is dead and Test is wrestling tonight doesn't no. mean we can't all have fun. Hey, here's an idea. This will get everyone going. Let's give Mike Knox the microphone, shall we? What's he got to say? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Never mind that. Nunzio's in the ring. Yeah. Now, when did he come in the ring? Oh, he was just there. I think during Kelly's expose, during Kelly's expose. he snuck out to the ring. He like... stayed in the ring for six hours before and all through oh, SmackDown, no! all through Velocity. <laughs> like, doink at WrestleMania 9. He was there day and night. And afterwards, just get back underneath there. No, like, you know? I fucking love Lil Guido. He is so good. Isn't he a great wrestler? Like, in this match with Mike Knox, and I'm not saying Mike Knox is terrible, but he ain't great. He's green. Yeah, he's definitely green. He's not... TV ready. Definitely not. You know? But Lil Guido is fucking bumping his ass off, flying around, springing all over the place. He plays to the crowd very well. Yep. He gets a nice pop. I like that they introduced him. Full name, Lil Guido Maritato. Very beautiful. I know it was going to be a squash, you know? And the fact that he was stood there, the Mike Knox is like, hold on a second. Yep. He's got nothing worth saying, has nothing he? Nothing to say. He's 
he was so bad last week and I realised that was backstage. Yeah, that Probably was... with Heyman like holding his hand going, it's okay. You can, <laughs> how you do it. You do it. Copy okay. me. Copy yeah. me when I say it. Like. Do it like I do it. And in front of this crowd who are chanting, you suck dick at him. I don't want crumbles. you to look at my girlfriends because I don't like that. Immediate shut the fuck up chance. The tiny voiced reasonable man is not a good gimmick for a heel. No. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I, I, the promo is so much more effective when you read it in Johnny Ace's voice. No, Kevin! She is mine! No! And none of you have the right to look at her like I do! Oh. It says right here on the on the certificate. Oh. Oh. I guaranteed the purity. And I, I take her to be tested to make sure that she has no impurities at any point. <laughs> this is dark, man. It is, isn't it? Guido gets a little offense in. Yeah. I thought, hey, ECW original Guido, maybe they'll rally behind him. Uh-uh. Where's my pizza? Yep. You fucking Italian, I hate yeah, you. He's, he's been ruined. Oh my God, poor lad. Honestly. That's not a great chant, is it, lads? Well, this is the thing, like... If he was what? a heel in the FBI, right. maybe... But he's an ECW original. They clearly don't like Mike Knox because as soon as he's on offense, they give him you can't wrestle chance. So I was like, they'll automatically get behind Guido then. Nope, we hate both these guys. Yeah, when they do the you can't wrestle chance and Joey Styles is like, we're in the birthplace of ECW and America on the 4th of July. And then you know, he's trying to talk over it. And then yeah. Taz Beach goes, the fans here saying that he can't <laughs> wrestle. Well, that remains to be seen. <laughs> oh, baby. Yeah, Taz trying to cover is like, well, it remains to be seen. I'd say that he can fight. That's something, right? Bless Taz. You've no need to be this nice to Mike Knox. I know what you're trying to do here, mate. I know mate. what you're trying to do, but it wasn't boding well for the big man when he fucked up the sidewalk slab. And I was oh, like, don't worry, on. mate. Test will show you how it's done later right. on, yeah? That's <laughs> the big man move right there. He does scoop slams. Why are we getting scoop slams on ECW? It's the move of the show, mate. You don't get heat with scoop slams. You don't get heat with <laughs> scoop slams. You don't get... <laughs> and you know what? In ECW, if you must do a scoop slam, at the very least have Joey Styles go scooping a slam there. But he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't even. What's Mike Knox's finish, Kevin? It's the Knox out. Sister Abigail, baby. It's not, It's a much less good Sister Abigail. Yeah, he this, doesn't kiss you on the head or anything. And he like, kind of like falls into you as well. It yeah. looks like a much more dangerous Sister Abigail, yeah. which is basically what it is. Unenthusiastic, you still suck chance give way to a more enthusiastic, boring chant. We got a little pump kick from him before that knocks out. Yeah. I thought that, you know, the big kick. I, Guido sold it so well, I guess. I'm a you know. sucker for a big man doing a big kick. Yeah. That's that's what made me like Tess in the end. Like, mm-hmm. there was one thing about Tess I could look forward to seeing him later on tonight. I was like, maybe he'll do a big boot. That'll be fun, won't it? Mm. No, it's not that Tess, folks. Well, look, I'll say about this match, and I know the crowd were absolutely obliterating it as soon as they saw yeah. us. They did not want it at all. The one thing I will say is, if you are going to bring out a load of lads like Mike Knox, like Kevin Thorne, like fucking Elijah Burke and Sylvester Cherkai, and I've got a fu- DJ Gabriel, I've got a long yeah. list of also rounds from ECW who probably most modern fans won't know about anymore. But you've got lads here, like Guido, like Stevie Richards, whoever, who can bump and know how to make someone look decent. Mm-hmm. So you could at least get them over here. Yeah. But like, fuck me. 
know your audience. Yeah. This is the night where you should have had the lads be like, you know, have a Mike Knox say something about the original ECW and have yeah. him run off by a Tommy Dreamer or a whoever. Swap these shows around. If you'd have opened yeah. this with Sabu versus Roadkill and Extreme Rules, they match, would have forgiven some stuff later. They would have. They, you'd have at least got the crowd off to a happy start, you know? This is such a stubbornly booked show. Yes. It's like, no, oh, we're we, doing this. Yeah, because we're here, we have to show you. It's yeah. like, it's, yeah, it's a, it's Philadelphia's birthday yeah. and they're in their hometown, so yeah. we have to bury it. Like, right. you know? You're a SmackDown crowd. Don't forget <laughs> it. Yeah. Wait till you guys see Tess later. You're gonna, <laughs> oh, you're going to love this guy. <laughs> you're going to fucking love him. He's like Mike Knox, but you have negative opinions <laughs> of him from the past as well. <laughs> Taz calls him a perfect fit for ECW. He that almost must says have it hurt. The knife twist. Honestly. We got a recap from Raw. Rob Van Dam got pinned. He, he's the one who got pinned in the triple threat as well that's the thing it yeah. was a triple threat match and Cena hits him with the FU and then Edge pushes Cena out of the way yeah. so like no matter what happened Rob was losing yeah. like he didn't get screwed he lost you're the one who got arrested you're the one who gets pinned yeah. that's usually how it works and Egg tongued the belt afterwards don't know why we needed to see this RVD's a loser I guess great I mean I guess as a fair weather ECW poser at this point in time I should have been happy because Edge is basically the face of this brand seemingly so well now he's got the belt I'm pretty sure we're not seeing him here anymore right fucking hell I hope not you imagine he comes back with the belt like hey I do whatever I want he throws it in the trash and rechristens <laughs> it the egg championship <laughs> oh boy this was symbolic Paul Heyman backstage sad with the trench coat in his hands yeah he's carrying it he's shedding his skin he take is it off getting rid of the nostalgia he's changing before your eyes the global phenomenon of the new breed unleashed Ooh. and he's so sad about it yeah that's the funny thing is that Paul hates this yes like in kayfabe he hates yep. it he's becoming this Rob Van Dan comes in and he's like whoa dude did the big show bully you that's not cool man we don't do things like that in ECW <laughs> There was one cool line in this whole exchange, which was Rob saying that ECW, he didn't want it to be uh, a show or a company where the big guys just got the title shots. Like it was WWE <laughs> in the early 90s. Well, want it or not, Rob, that's <laughs> happening. Have you heard of a guy called Dave Batista, my friend? <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. But let, I'll tell you, Heyman, he, he'll always do the equivalent in promos of like if it's a no-win situation he'll do the equivalent of bumping his ass off to try and get it over mm. he's desperately trying to show you the nuance of him his heart being broken and being the rock in the hard place of wanting to protect the brand but also protect his friend but also know that he's in a lose-lose situation yes but it is such bad vibes all around yes we're setting up big show beating rob van damme in philly for the ecw title week four and this promo this reminded me do you remember at great american bash 06 when chavo was talking to rain he's like i love you man i would never betray you like this is exactly what <laughs> this is we've been friends for 10 years i wouldn't dream of screwing you over tonight yeah, like cut to december and he's like i don't want to do this anymore oh. i guess i'm gonna go do the Heyman hustle or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> we get another test promo package oh this one's got big xwf vibes actually oh, like... i thought that slap bass it had great earthworm gym energy to it <laughs> and i will say as well right with this music, you could do an excellent SmackDown plug. Yeah? Yeah, listen to this. 
the extreme corn kernel of the night, brought to you by Corn Nuts. Feel the power of the Corn Nuts. The third time we're told that it's the birthplace of it. Uh, oh, is uh, it? Is it? What the hell? Who's that in the crowd? No. I may have ruined this for you by spoiling it in episode one, I I'm, think. I'm fucking thrilled that you did, man, because this was so antagonistically bad. This is like, I get it when they do, like, you know, Big Dick Johnson last week, it was like right off the bat, ugh, this is a shit idea. This started out as like the kernel of a decent idea The, the producers and the writers got to it, right? Yeah. the preacher gimmick, the idea of a preacher talking about how morally bankrupt ECW is, like, that's a good gimmick. You, you people are going to watch this but it's like the opposite of culture. It's counterculture. And it's so in your face. How could you watch this? You're all gonna burn in hell. That Great is line. what we need in front of the ECW crowd. Man away. No! Straight away! Everything I said is actually not true. Because I ain't a man of the cloth. I just use this. To show my opinion. Hey, Joey, that collar of his is just cardboard. Yeah, I hate to break it to you, mate. <laughs> I was going to say, Tad. Kind of like, what it is. What like... do you think? Are they made of ivory or something? No, it's like... made of the body and blood of Christ, oh, right? Oh, you know? bless you. And the way this is framed, he comes out and he bashes ECW. Because he was in the front row. Yeah, yeah, he was sat in the front row and he bashes ECW, like a big extended like 60 second, 90 second promo talking about how shit it is. Nothing happens. Gets back in the crowd, takes his seat. We get small, you suck dick yeah. chance. But him mentioning, I'm not really a man of the cloth after all. Yeah, da, 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 da. That's where Sandman draws the line. We like. did unfortunately have like a beat or two before. Because he came and he sat down. Mm. And then he got into his seat and he's like, right, let's go on with the show. I hope no Sandman come and get me. And the crowd were like, they were at a 4 out of 10 in noise. And yeah. then they fell to a 2 out of 10. Yeah. Then you hit the Sandman's music, which yeah. brought us back up to a 3 out of 10. It yeah. just, it, it was just like, press the button quicker, lads. Yeah. So he canes the holy hell out of him. And then Taz says, anything can happen on the 4th of July. Well, not really, but it sounds good, doesn't it? Fucking hell, Taz. <laughs> oh, no, I said the quiet part loud. <laughs> I did like that. That I don't know like why he did it, but Sandman, he didn't cane him straight away. He open-hand slapped him. Yeah. He gave him a proper, like, Dr. D protecting the business. Yeah, you seriously. Know? You want to say something about ECW? Is this fake? <laughs> <laughs> no, because you hit me for real. That's what I taught. <laughs> and he had a big old smile on him afterwards, didn't he? Yeah, he loves it. Yeah, he had a big old smile, which makes Taz go, Yeah, he's got a face only a mother could love. Oh, you know, maybe not. Uh, hedging his bets with every statement tonight like yeah and taz as well he he obviously didn't want to hit the religious aspect of it too hard because all he would do then after sandman came it was talk about how the priest was fat right and he's like oh, he's fat he hit that fat bastard i'm like okay <laughs> like, weird weird yeah yeah we need this i don't know i the still image of sandman with the blood and the beard down his face it will going, always be cool it will always get a pop yeah. out of me doesn't matter he, he just has that like look about him that even even doing awful shite like this i'm always like sandman yeah yeah but it's not a good advertisement for this show where i'm like yeah the bit here though if you muted it and then pause this <laughs> That was a great bit of wrestling show right there. Like, that, that still frame. That like, image I saw was pleasing to the eye. 
Now we're going backstage again. Wow, this is the fastest hour of TV. Honestly, man, all over the place. Rob Van Dam confronts the big show and gives him an extreme slap, initiating a trial by combat. That was a fucking stiff slap right there. Big <laughs> show's wife writing a blog post yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> she wrote a blog post where like, my life is so wacky with Paul White. He retired and now he keeps trying to do things at home. Man, they could make a show about this, I tell you. I think it'd make a big show about this. A big, big show, show, show. Show? Show. Yeah, I did like the fact that the slap to the face made that sick freak Paul White smile go, I think I like it. What, that, don't call that a smile. That's a big pervy grit. He licks his teeth. He's like, <laughs> popping his eyebrows. Like... <laughs> I really can't get him and the full Monty out of my head now oh, with the shaved please. head, like that big smile. Big Monty, Paul White. <laughs> now we're in the corridor with Rob and Paul. EC Dub backstage segments. Honestly, right? I get like, you know, back in the day you had Miserly playing in the background. It's like, oh man, segment yes, after yes, segment yes, after yeah, segment. Yeah. Now it's a silence. Rob Van Dam just walking along. And we had a red light shining on the corridor, so you know it was an extreme corridor at oh, least. Man, that's crazy. Rob, with one title, glancing at it, go, come on, Paul, I'm on top of the world. Oh, buddy. You don't have to put on such a strong... I, you know, I wish they just fucking said, it is counterculture. I got fucking busted for weed, right. man. You, what, in 06? Yep. Serious grass... Like, literally, a grassroots movement was... was You know, there's a reason why weed became legal within 10 uh -huh. years in half the fucking western seaboard yep. in America. You would have gone so... You want to be counterculture? Fucking 420 signs at every show. The, like. On this show, there are three signs with hash leaves in the front row. Right. One of which says Rob Van Dam and Sabu are innocent. If you had him say, they busted me, man. Don't even mention that we got. They yeah. busted me. Yeah. Man, you would have had people watching this show out of spite. Because if any crowd is going to know about all that stuff, it's this crowd here. They like. clearly do. What's the reason not to? Like, this this show is meant to be extreme. It's on at 10pm every night, way past Watershed. Like, you're not meant to be typical role models here. Just fucking mention it, please. I, I just, it felt like very uh, toothless, I guess, the whole thing. And like, this wasn't sad enough already. Paul's begging him not to do it, and Rob's like, Look, Paul, in order to be ECW champion, I need to beat the big show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's amazing he said that with a straight face honestly which then made Paul go all quiet and then he just is like you're right I understand mm. and now I'm lying to you mm. and I will continue to lie and I have lied that's my favourite Haven poem yeah. ever you're the one who's like I have lied I have sworn on my children's lies and I will lie and I will lie and I will always lie because it's who I am wow I just love Haven just when that switch flips but it's like it's so crap this because like literally he's like I know what I have to do now I have to make the big show my guy. Yeah. I just hope Bobby Lashley doesn't ruin it oh, for me. Fuck me. <laughs> Poor fucker. Oh my god. Test versus the <sighs> upper limit of steroids on the human body. Sweet Enola Gay, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, the three wise men, the shepherds, and all the fucking farm animals. <laughs> the size of this man. He looks horrible. Like, this is genuinely. <laughs> horrible to look at here to quote Shawn michaels pal i think you're full no he is he's he's way past full at this point like he's leaking like yeah uh, he like joe joe hasn't seen test before oh don't tell me this is her first look at test when she came in and saw it was like a jump scare no she was pet 
petrified at the sight of this man. Yeah. This man who's tried to get rid of all of his back acne by going for an extra long session in the tannin beds. Yeah. Like, it, this is like everything that the wrestling business can do to fucking kill you. Yep. This man is turned up to 11. Yeah. Fuck me. And you know what? He has lost everything that it feels has made him special that's the, the thing like i mean we because he's uh, snarling uh. that's not test that's not test at all cousin own if he saw this oh no i'd have been embarrassed for him yeah like i know we talked shit about test on the podcast before but right now where we're at on smackdown crawl folks 2001 it is the summer of test currently yeah, baby. Like, and he kind of fucking deserves it as well he's yeah. been having great matches with the likes of kane like big hoss kind of action and even when i've loved him the most I've always thought, here's a guy with upside, potential. You know, he always had that vibe to him, you know, mm-hmm. where even when he was being pushed, you felt he's not quite fully gotten to that. And what I hate most about Tess, I felt like the more they pushed him, the less he was that guy, yeah. you know? When he was trying to be pushed as a main eventer in 2002 and three, it just didn't click with people. They fumbled that immunity thing. This, it's like... It's a Hail Mary and there's fucking needles sticking out of the ball. Like, yeah. This is just awful. It's fucking ghastly what they've done to him here. That's what he's done to himself. Well, yeah, I was going to say, when I say that, I mean his gimmick, his gear, his look. All of it is like, who the fuck is this like Heidenreich wannabe? But what he's done to himself and to his body is like truly horrific. He can't move. No. He literally can barely he get sure through the is. ropes. And he's fucking wrestling Al Snow. Like, if anyone's going to be able to work around you, it's surely Al, right? And if there was any place in this fucking world of professional wrestling at 06 where maybe you don't need to be steroided up to the gills, or you could just have a decent enough regular fucking non-steroid body. Which he did! Which, like, and you could still be portrayed as the muscle guy. It's ECW! Right? Half the roster wearing t-shirts. You take 2001 test body and you put him in here and it's like, whoa, this is the biggest guy in ecw like i don't know i just someone got in his ear and told yeah, him you need to get bigger Sad. i don't know who it is is it fucking scott steiner when he was working with him he's like oh shit brother i gotta get big is it mm. triple h is it those body guys on raw but mm. he was away for so long and this is just miserable yeah so so fucking miserable he's rested al snow because tna versus head cheese never ends <laughs> never ends steve blackman's gonna be fighting lord tensai later on as well you know it's just oh man i mean test is a shining example of like wow they've changed everything about this guy and it is way worse off Al Snow is like, have you done anything in this last five years? He's still got the fucking cometh pants on. Yeah. Like, he's got his old shit tights. He's coming out with head to his old music. And you like, know, I hate more than anything in wrestling, which is, you know, people flip between gimmicks all the time and people get very down on that. I don't mind people flipping between gimmicks as long as you give me a thank God for the blank chat. You know, there has to be one line of explanation in there. Yeah. You know, and you can flip back and forth. Al Snow... We saw it on the SmackDown crawl. He lost head and he became a different guy yep. for a reason. He mm-hmm. went on a long ass journey, longer than anyone would have thought he would have had. Yeah, but ECW, 97, remember? And like, we're doing that again. Like, Tess she comes into the ring. Al Snow's already fucking ready to go. And Joey Styles, when the bell rings, he's like, you might be wondering if you've ever seen Al Snow before, oh why God. he's wearing the head. Well, back in 1997, he was wrestling in WWF as part of the new Rockers. The match is over. Yeah, that's it. Like, literally, he's trying to give you the entire fucking why? character study why? of Al Snow. The full origin story. He's trying to do like, like a how-to wrestling episode about Al Snow. Yeah, literally. In the shortest squash match we've had in four episodes of squash <laughs> matches. 
not so short that you can't hear a air horns and immediate you take steroids immediate chance. right after the bell you can't fucking get out of that and joey's like this pretty boy bodybuilder test is he a pretty boy because he's literally going like Aah. yeah it's like big ian harrison energy, yes, to be honest that's huge horribly muscly guy with the goblin face I'm, like. I'm playing the rpg and it says here i can get rid of all my speech mechanics but i get a plus 10 physical buff like mm. yeah i'll have that no, no. so yeah uh, he does the tko oh that's his finish now mate we just had the barn burner last episode where's I mean, the fucking big boot the big boot the fucking spinning powerbomb he would do. The spinning pump handle. Like, Test had so many cool moves. Like, even at his worst, we would always be like, his moveset's pretty decent. Like, You know what I would have done with Test in ECW? Because I think, you know, there was a perfect story to tell with him. Because we've not seen Test for like two or three years on WWE. He's been TV. gone that long. Yeah. Wow. And what I would have done with Test, very easily, I would have brought him back. Exact old gimmick, old music, everything he knew about him. Yeah. Also, as well, all this new shit and the same old fucking crap version of his thing that they used. Yeah. You know, the, the test. But I would have had Tess show up here and been like, easy payday. Yeah. I'm the top guy. I don't sweat ECW. Like a guy who knows he's the big fish in the small pond. Yes. And wants to collect the easy paydays. And he squashes your Al Snows, your yep. Tony Mamalukes. But then maybe a CM Punk mm-hmm. or, you know, you know, some some guy like a Tommy Dreamer who you might yep. underestimate gives him a bit more of a fight than oh, he anticipates, and then so he has better. to up his game and, yep. you know, start trying. But fuck me, no, no, no. It's just, here's the big fucking body. Yes. And he's not even, he's not aesthetically pleasing to look at. No, he's not. It's, it's not like a Chris Masters kind of like, look at him. It's like, oh my God, put him away. Look, you're talking to someone who we frequently watch Pumping Iron in this household. Uh-huh. Me and Joe have been talking about, maybe we'll go see a bodybuilding competition yeah. soon. Yeah. Let's see what, it will be a fun day out, mate. You have an appreciation for the big muscly form. There's there's an art form to it. There is. I absolutely believe that. If this lad showed up at the Arnold Classic, he would have been thrown right out. Yes. Come on. <laughs> Ridiculous. Mr. Steroids, come on. Oh. Test wins. Everyone is sad. He punts head into the crowd and somehow makes it sadder. Jesus. That is one of the worst things I've ever seen on a wrestling show. Fucking horrible. And fuck you if you knew anything about either of these men. will grind. That yep. that knowledge made this so uh-huh. much worse. Yeah. It's like he took a pill that made it more poisonous or whatever. It's the fact that we are currently doing SmackDown Crawl with like 2001 test and then seeing this fucking Brackus test <laughs> is so upsetting. <laughs> and there's plenty of punishments to go around because he's not booked here tonight but at the end of this match no. Taz goes you think that's impressive watch this suicidal Genocidal. I'm Sabu. 
they have a fucking a whole vignette of him talking into the camera they really edited this in a way with these robot farts yeah and i don't know it's like you haven't collected enough pages in sabu's book in mist so it's all like yeah but it just it was oh this pudding was over eggs this is really fucking bleak and you just know it was like look we're not gonna suspend you about the pot thing but in return, you're going to have to start talking now. And he's like, deal. Straight away. Like, <laughs> deal. I can't believe it's gone straight to him now. Sort of. I'm Sabu. Like, he says, I'm, I'm Sabu. I'm Sabu. Oh, and Sabu. Yeah, boss. Just so you know, we've had the Sheik's body buried upside down. <laughs> and I changed the name on, on the, all the graves as well. Okay. Just, I, I, don't, I don't want there to be any respect left for the legacy of your uncle okay (laughs) by the way how'd you like umaga pal 30 seconds (laughs) jesus but my entrance will better start running pal they're playing (laughs) they're hey they're playing your song but they're only playing yeah you come out during the ads now Fucking hell. He's got one last shot at him. Yeah? SummerSlam. Yeah? He's going to challenge for that ECW championship, brother. Against whoever is holding the belt at that point. Maybe it'll be Rob Van Dam and Sabu at SummerSlam. Could you, you imagine? imagine? that. That would be cool. The Sheik would be like, you boys have done me proud. Mm. So anyway, look who it is for an unprecedented <sighs> fourth time. Whoa! There's that guy again. They literally say, there's that yeah. guy again. So now we're not saying he's a vampire. That guy. And then Kevin Thorne turns to the camera. No gurning this time. He spits a nasty little red viscous liquid, like a little right on the camera. Like, it's so gross. It, it like, is less a spray and more of a dribble. It is. Yeah. It's fucking bleed. That camera's ruined. you got Ribena all over it. <laughs> Here we go. Look at this. A man of great discipline. Look how young that little baby CM Punk is. Don't let these tattoos fool you. I'm straight edge. I'm a man of great discipline. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. My addiction is wrestling. My obsession is competition. Discipline. My name is C.M. Punk. I don't know why I never laughed at this before, but him introducing himself by saying, don't let these tattoos fool you, (laughs) I'm straight edge. You're looking at me and thinking, you probably do a lot of drugs, don't you? (laughs) Tattoos like that. What, drug free written there? Why are you big into drugs? You want free drugs, is that it? I'm straight edge. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I'll never watch Rocky 3. Let's just make that clear right now. It's my debut and I want to get, get one thing out in the open up front here. I don't drink, I don't smoke, and this locker room is my domicile, and if you enter into it, you're breaking Illinois state law. What did I ever do to deserve a dumb, empty-headed fuck like Kevin Thorne being the lead-in for my segment? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm young, I'm spry, I work with fucking children. <laughs> Can I just say... There's times when you see someone and they're doing something that you know they're looking the same with your eyes. I don't think this is what I should be this doing. This isn't going to be it. But the star power is there. Yes. And there's something about Punk here where it's like, yeah, look, he would look more impressive. He would be more impressive. He would do much better things, better promos. But the fact that the man takes a breath. Right. 
you, the amount of put like people that were put in this kind of position and they completely let me tell you something. Yeah. yeah, no, 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 no. No, here's calm, who I am. Cool, calm, collected promo. And even if you think it's fucking lame and you don't know what straight edge, and you don't, you you have his, you have the audience's attention. Yes, you pay attention to him no matter what you say. In like. and I just think yeah, it's 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 really well done. Yeah. It was a fifteen second segment, if that. Mm-hmm. And you could see something there. Of course, with the benefit of hindsight. Yeah. But I remember Punk is one of those guys where he had such an aura and a reputation around him that in WrestleMania like 19 on the GameCube, I made him, even ooh, though ooh. I'd only seen him in one tag match in TNA as part Fucking of the gathering. Hell. Because I had heard that he had had great matches with Samoa Joe, who was a guy I'd seen presented in TNA as like a all-star killing machine that says a lot so you don't yeah. even like that game either no, <laughs> that's a bad game 19 <laughs> day of reckoning maybe we're talking now yeah. but 19 fuck no i'm scarred for life thank god for the cross on oh wait no I'm hang saying. on i'm getting mixed up. 18 is the one i'm thinking of that's the real fucking muck yeah of gamecube gaming. 19 and you yeah you think you had fun there i'll say is up on top of that fucking crane with kane yeah Remember wrestlemania that? revenge mode fucking hell we're never gonna stop wrestlemania this race <laughs> gamesmanship on patreon folks but yeah i thought this was um the only thing they gave to the audience tonight which i thought was like a, resembling a bone to the philly crowd there's even like the smallest glimmer of promise here like oh maybe one day there'll be a wrestler on this show that we like yeah maybe <laughs> probably made most people in the crowd go why don't we go to that ring of honor show in philly this weekend yeah, honestly <laughs> like, what know? are we doing here it's time for the main event <laughs> Oh man, I I give it six months before Grisham's on ECW. <laughs> you just know he's coming here. Like. It's the Big Show versus the Big Screw Up. <laughs> I fucking love you, Rob. But this is literally having to do the Rob Van Dam How to episode, then the Sabu one, then do the Road to Vengeance and SummerSlam with you yeah. and Billy, then this. I am literally in a Twilight Zone nightmare. Right? Why did you do it? Why couldn't you just wait until you got home? What the fuck? I'm gonna go back in time and stop the marijuana plant ever being made because <laughs> of all the hassle it's caused. Big Show comes out and Taz goes, "I got goosebumps, Joey." Yeah, you big fucking liar. No, no, he's got goosebumps. He's like, oh man, I'm not looking forward to this one bit. Some bad's coming now. I got a goosebumps here. I'm gonna read this instead, you know. Oh, uh... <laughs> heads up, Cole. Orl Stein's got some pretty <laughs> freaky ideas. <laughs> you know what? Going into this, I knew what was gonna happen. I knew it was gonna be bad news, player. But RVD, Big Show. I thought Big Little Big Little Extreme uh, Rules Extreme Rules Philly Crowd This could be Extremely fun Like seeing Rob Like fucking running around Big Show Bouncing around Throwing chairs and shit at him Yeah So why on earth Is this like A Big Show match I Like know. He fucking runs this match From pillar to post This is around a 20-25 minute match Yep and I was looking on his cage match profile because, you know, the last few times we've seen Big Show, it's been on ECW. Mm-hmm. This lad's not done a match longer than 10 minutes in nearly half a year. Good Lord. And, all, and he's hurt. Well, we've got a very important job is that we need to punish Rob. So, Big Show, we're going to need you to do a 20-minute match this week, pal. There's so many folks who are put in this position. And everyone always goes to, like, Kurt Angle because Kurt Angle was pinged between Raw, SmackDown, and ECW yeah. all in the space of six months. 
But fuck me, at least Kerrangle's the lad who you expect to have the great matches for it right. as the motivation for There's it. There's a reason. Big Show has been bounced around from pay-per-view to pay-per-view. He was on the Great American Bash doing the fucking... Um, You're right, he was on SmackDown yeah, then. Yeah, do, doing the... Punjabi yeah, Prison. Punjabi Prison because of the elevated liver and yeah. the great Cali. You're right. Why is he the utility player who's been thrown around from brand to brand? It's, they do this with Kane in 07. It like. very much reeks of like, no, 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 you take him. Yeah. We, we had him for a month and we've done our bit. You, your turn now. <laughs> I just get really sad when it's like, Lads who you see 10 years afterwards who are like healthier and happier. Yeah. This man looks like he's 56 years old here. Yeah. He looks beat up, tired. And yeah, there's a way where you could have had the big show on roller skates having stuff thrown at him going, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but instead, it's big show scoop slams, yeah. hip tosses, big. They brawl in the crowd. Mm-hmm. I think. The only reason they do that is so that they can be like, look at the fans. They're so small compared to the Big Show. Yeah. Big Show and Raw brawl between the front row and the barricade. There's not even space to put your bag there. Yeah. And Big Show's like, ugh, ugh, ugh. This is a good idea. Awful. Awful, awful so, stuff. I really need to put over how slow all of this is. Like, because... Big Show is in <laughs> such poor shape at the minute and like not doing well health wise. He is just plodding around the yeah. ring like this is glacial. This pace. I don't blame him. I blame whatever madness in the booking committee. But this is up the thing. This. Like Big Show, he's not in a great way at the minute. Clearly, let's have Rob fucking do all the work. Let's have Rob bounce around for him. Does it say a lot about what they reckon to Kerrangle at the moment? Kerrangle, who's literally won the last two world titles he got in WWE, were because uh oh, someone got hurt. We need a credible world champion. Right. But Kurt, they reckon, isn't that guy nah, right now. We can't rely on him. Big Show's the safest pair of hands. Big Show. Who's so fucking hurt-like yeah. and so run down. Yeah, it is miserable. The air horns are going non-stop. You can't wrestle chance. For our benefit, everyone's benefit, can announcers not call matches like this slugfests? Yeah, that does not sound as good as you think it does. No. One lad in the front row really was enjoying himself, though. He was going crazy. No, Adam. No. He wasn't coughing. Are you talking about the guy in the orange t-shirt by any chance? Well, there was a guy who was on the phone. Yeah, him. And he's like literally for the entire match waving like, yeah, look, I'm still here. Still in the front row, hello! Oh man, ECW in Philly, I told you it was great. Yeah, front row, I'm so glad I spent $200 on these tickets. Yeah. You're missing the greatest... Big Show's here! <laughs> I see, honestly, size doesn't do... If you see him on TV, it doesn't do him justice. No, I'm right here, he's massive! Mate, pay attention, it's the fastest hour on TV. But you know it's bad when the most enthusiastic fans are the people who are just bragging to try and save themselves from feeling yeah. bad about the money they've spent yeah. to be well, here. I'm delighted to be on camera. Boring chance. Yep. Which then give way to the saddest thing in the world. Whole fucking show. Whole fucking show. I take we watch. We watch the whole fucking show. <laughs> this is the whole fucking show. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'd much rather have uh, we want seen the chance than sad whole fucking show chance. Depressing. By the time Rob actually gets on offense as well, he's got to sell the damage of the big show. So now Rob slowly climbing them ropes. Like... And I'll tell you what, you've not seen a crowd come to life with booze like when the big show locks in the bear hug because they're like, off. "Don't you dare take a." Break. Oh no no! Look at this a bear hug now, Joe. Oh my God! That is an excruciating pain. Don't you dare! <laughs> Don't you dare replenish your stamina. The fucking dirty goo coming out of the big show. Oh my God! Wiping his face and yeah. S- How's there snot coming off his forehead? <laughs> How's that happen? <laughs> 
gross. Goozle gets reversed. Yep. Rob Van Dam has taken so much abuse at the massive hands and the massive feet of the Big Show Taz. And if you are watching at home, television does not do the massive hands, the massive feet, and the massive size of the Big Show justice. Like seeing the massive hands the massive feet oh my god and the massive size of the big show in person they're not even going to tell you where they're coming next week because they don't want you to buy tickets because no. they're embarrassed please don't show up big show <laughs> he gets the rolling thunder from rob van damme and he kicks out and they want to do the big like power yes. but he's not got the tank on no. him to do it anymore so he's like Ugh, and rob goes <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was a grunt of the night for you, but Rob seemed genuinely disappointed yet to keep wrestling. I didn't want to give a grunt of the night to a show this pitiful, but go ahead, we can have that one right there. Rob Van Dam gets caught diving midair and dumped over the top rope, which Taz says, Whoa, Joey, he just got caught like a hummingbird. <laughs> Famously easy to catch hummingbirds. What, what's going on? <laughs> what is actually going on? You have one hour of TV to it's call. It's so small. In the whole week. You've got seven days to come up with one hour of wrestling. I literally talk 15 times as much professionally every week as these <laughs> fucking bozos. Oh my God. <laughs> Vince McMahon, is he that bad in the headsets? I guess so. Oh, this is Extreme is, Rules, by the way. Is Vince in the headsets for this? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, really? Yeah. Because as soon as they started doing, you know, their own thing, Vince started producing more and then he was in the headsets. Right. When the announcers started changing the verbiage, it was Vince in the headsets. Fuck's sake. But yeah, Extreme Rules. Apparently. Yeah, supposedly. I mean, I think, I think we get a chair out later. Rob grabs a chair and I literally wrote, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he gets the chair, Big Show swats it out of his hands. Yeah. Hits the goozle. Rob kicks out. That's the one moment of like Rob being the main eventer you get. It's Van Damme, folks. And then the big throw. The Japanese sleeper into the modified backbreaker by the Big Show. To Mike Posey, the referee. That looked fucking ghastly. It looked like he broke his fucking neck. He spun that boy out. Yeah, honestly. That was amazing. Show literally goes for the alley-oop. Yeah, he's <laughs> going to do it in ECW. And a great grunt as well. Mm. You know, he was... <laughs> now, this is like in WrestleMania 17, you know, when Austin goes for the Million Dollar Dream. Mm. And Jim Ross is like, I haven't seen that since his days <laughs> of the ringmaster. He's having to pull out all the stops. I haven't seen that since he was in the Shoguns. He's going to do the, the Nightmare on Helm Street next. Thankfully, on the way up, Rob grabs the chair and smashes him with it so we don't have to see the alley. Because I think that's the point when the crowd would have started throwing yeah. stuff into the ring. Yeah, <laughs> like, the fucking alley oop! We get the big fucking reaction from the crowd for that. A Van Daminator. Yeah. A five star. There are these matches sometimes where they're like, let's fucking kill this crowd for 20 minutes and then get 30 seconds of fire at the yes. end. And we kind of got that. Yeah, the crowd starts you know, picking up. They like, do. They're buying it. They like the five-star. You know, they like the Van Daminator. They want to see the Big Show get beat by an ECW guy. Uh -huh. Heyman comes out. Yeah. One, two. Oh, no. We're going to school. <laughs> Professor sake. Xavier's school for X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> for gifted and talented youths. He stops the cred immediately. It's Heyman. Remember one night stand, Ted? One. Two, three. Oh, 
Yeah, come on. But even still, they lose their shit. We get a fucking awful chair shot to Rob. Yep. Show, like, you need to pull your punches when you're swinging that. You're yeah, a big man. Really fucking nasty. Proper, Unprotected, obviously. Yeah, like. Proper a Balls Mahoney, like, dent in the hard yep. bit of the chair uh-huh. and everything. The chair opens up. We get the goozle on the chair. It's just like when Paul Heyman aligned with Big Show at Survivor Series 2002. Just like that. And do it right there. <laughs> and of course <laughs> then the the thing was that the, the the back of brock lesnar was so big the referee couldn't see it but it's extreme rules and they can and oh boy rob goes fucking stiffly into that yeah. chair boy good thing you've got a nice long vacation yeah, coming honestly, up like. you can smoke all the weed you want now pal and big show wins full beers get thrown in the ring yeah and it, do, it doesn't take long before the ring starts filling up. People are like, like, had their, like yeah, their trajectory already arced up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's whatever about empty beer cans and beer bottles or, or whatever it is. It's full beers. Like people yeah. went to the concession stands when they saw the finish, spent fucking fifteen dollars to get a watered down beer, and they <laughs> threw it in the ring. They throw chips in the ring. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't even throw chips for the NWO. No, this is bad. And Heyman eats not one, but two in the face. He gets one in the face so hard, it untucks his shirt. (laughs) And I swear, I've never seen Heyman look as shoot livid at anything. He looked furious. I mean... Because it's meant to be, this is my giant. And he's like, fucking shit, fuck. I'm with you guys. (laughs) This sucks. (laughs) Oh my god. Jesus wept. His face at the end big show is like... Oh my god. That is the... It's literally like, wow, this is the first man that's ever held the WWF title, the WCW title, and now the ECW title cut to his face. (laughs) You know what? Speaking of worst t-shirts ever. Yeah. He had one where it's just a graphic of all three titles and it's like, I'm the first one who had them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Great job. That was... That did psychic damage to me. That was so, so bad. Explain to me what the kayfabe logic is here. Oh, right. That Paul Heyman wants to take ECW to new heights. And the thing that's been holding it back were the ECW originals and the fans. Because Where's this coming from? The fans want the extreme rules. They want violence. They want over-the-top action. We'll never make it to the next level. The global phenomenon of ECW will be is going to be with people like the Big Show, Test, Mike Knox, and Adam debuting soon. Hardcore Holly. Okay, that I'm excited about. <laughs> See, not even you. If, if there's anything that you could get me to maybe record more of these reviews, it's Bob. The promise of Bob Holly. Maybe main event run. Okay, definitely. <laughs> he but does have a killer match, actually, to be fair with him, you know. I I assumed the whole thing was going to be like, RVD's running himself ragged. He's doing way too much. He's going to fuck up. Like, he's going to end up like hurting himself or costing the brand in some way by maybe getting arrested or whatever. So, Paul just wants to take the title off Rob. I assumed that was the thing. Is that, like, I, I'm worried about Rob. I can't trust him to be my main guy. But Rob is meant to be emblematic of the problem of ECW that's, as a whole. That's what I don't buy. Is ECW's suddenly... biggest enemy is its very own ethos. Where's that meant to come from? The ECW wrestlers are their own worst enemy, you see. So, if Rob didn't get popped for weed, 
is that where we were going to go anyway? Paul was going to turn his back on the old ECW? I'm like... assuming eventually, because there was a lot of new guys, and like they do right. have some... The thing is, like a lot of what was planned goes out by December because Heyman leaves the company and he kind of gives up around this point. There, right? There is some glimmers here of them doing, you know, ex- you know, the new breed versus the ECW originals is, I think, the spin-off of the remnants of right. this. But that's all post Heyman. You don't have Heyman being like Elijah Burke and Kevin Thorne are my guys, Marcus Corvon, the alpha male. So it's kind of like a lot of this is scraps that were left over. The plan for SummerSlam was Rob and Sabu. That okay. was the plan. And they were going to like show them what you could do on the big show. The idea being that on the big four pay-per-views, when it's cross-branded, ECW would give you a match that would make you yeah. go, fuck, I'll check out Maybe that hour I'll on Tuesdays. Yeah. Instead, you're going to get Big Show and Sabu. Jesus. I'm not going to lie to you. That match is intriguing for... Not the good types of reasons. No. But still intriguing. I mean... I, I'm excited uh, for Billy to see that. RVD versus The Big Show was intriguing. And then we saw what happened there. Like, Well, they won't be filling a 20-minute main event uh, for SummerSlam. It'll be more see, like a 5-10-minute match. To me, I would have been like, it's ECW. We're doing this in Philly. We don't want to do this, but Rob's in trouble. We have to get the belt off of him. Do the screw job. Have Paul betray Rob. The South Philly screw job, by the yep, way. Specifically South. We don't want people to get mixed up with the North Philly screw job. That's a different been event. Enough, okay? I would have had them do this, but instead of Big Show, do it with Dreamer or someone else. I have Dreamer turn as well and be like A seller guy. Yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, that we're still ECW, like and have them be sort of like, you know Corporate Dreamer, because he could be like, I traded in my ECW pants for a corner office. Like Kane and, when and he became corporate. The Kane. crowd would have still hated it and probably still thrown shit in the ring but at least then it's like a slightly better kind of heat whereas this is sort of like fuck this product i don't like big show i can't believe he's the champion instead of it being about i can't believe you betrayed rob it's more of a big show really and like people could just about tolerate the big show being on the brand with the very careful plans that clearly paul wanted to build them up and yeah it's slow you know it's like you can't poison you straight straight away. You got to build up the poison. Yes. In your, and Paul was slipping it in our food the first three mm-hmm. weeks, and now he's just injected it right into your in veins. A hurry, like. And that's it. They were in too much of a rush, and all the nuance. And they were probably going to turn it into the same thing anyway. It's just yeah. too fast. And you already had an audience, i.e., me, who was like, yeah, like fighting back tears every episode. <laughs> so. Just remember, this is week four. Yeah. We have shotgunned this whole thing now. Yeah, like. it's, it's crazy. Like, it makes you kind of wonder what was the point of One Night Stand? Mm. How far we are from Terry Funk and Tommy Dreamer in the ring with Edge and Mick Foley. Mm. Or even the, the vibe of that Cena-Rob Van Dam match. It's yep. like, you took one element of that, which is fans being ornery, and you made it like... Oh yeah, this is you mean you reminded WWE of why they don't like crowds like that in yes. the first place, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I am very much of the opinion of like I don't like crowds trying to hijack shows anymore. Mainly because in twenty twenty three it's like the fuck you want to hijack? Wrestling's great at the mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, we don't need to you do know? anything like and there's so much of it. You wanna hijack something, go find something else to watch. Like Guys, I got a plan. We're gonna go to the raw show this week. And we're going to watch it. Yeah. And we're probably going to cheer and have a good time. Yeah, all my favourites are there. <laughs> doing really well. Like, you know, but I kind of feel like at this point in time, it's like, could you blame them? You went right into the belly of the beast and you poked it in the eye. Yeah. And you literally dared... You were daring them to fucking... And I don't know if this is Heyman be like, fine, you want to ruin ECW? I'll show you a shit episode of ECW. No, right? I Mike th- Knox, get over here. I, I refuse to believe this is Heyman doing it out of spite. I think this is all Vince. 
because I feel bad for everyone here. I feel bad for Heyman. I feel bad for Rob. I feel yeah. bad for the crowd. I feel really bad for Big Show. So bad. He I deserves watched... a light fucking summer of duties after the year he's had. After I watched this, this morning I watched the WWE Untold about WWE CW and Big Show talks about this and he's like, man, that was really crap. I didn't, it hurt. It felt really bad. Back in those days, I didn't know what to do with a crowd like that. When they start, uh... I didn't know how to turn it around. It just, man, it is the worst feeling in the world when that happens to you. Like... You know what? At the end of this episode four, you seem to be more intrigued than you were at the end of episode two. Because they've upheaved everything and saying it's not this, now you kind of mm. it seems like you want to know what it, it will be. I don't know if intrigued is the right word. Yeah, I feel like you, it has your attention. Yeah, <laughs> I've almost got that sickness in me now. Like yeah. what happened with WWE, where at first I was like, please, I don't want to do any more of this, and then after the second WWE, I was like, when we doing the next one, then like <laughs> I've got this almost masochistic kind of like this crap is horrible, but it feels good to get the heart rate going you know i i don't know if it's a it's worth doing a week to week but certainly them returning to the hammerstein ballroom and also we have to do that one and we have to see bob holly that's it i want to see batista versus big show in front of the fucking ballroom and crowd you see hardcore holly versus literally anyone yeah literally anyone <laughs> if anyone's gonna get a chance at stepping up it's bob holly like did you have a standout performer or match i know matching match that mvp is, is a mm, stupid idea yeah but did anyone like change your your mind on them or make you intrigued or raise your eyebrow i mean i think rob versus kurt is easily the best match we've had on yeah. any of these ecw shows so far i think sabu and roadkill for me was, that was good you know, that, that was reminded also me a, yeah. of the hope that i may have had at one point oh i tell you what actually uh this was i think the first time where i really noticed little guido and was like I think it's because the the benchmark is so fucking low yeah. on these shows that someone like him that actually is quite gifted really does stand out. Yeah. And I know I've seen him before and I've thought he's decent before, but tonight was like the first time I saw Little Guido and was like, fucking thank God you're here, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's honestly. Genuinely one of my favorite wrestlers. Yeah, that he's guy. great. He's fantastic. He's really good. Yeah, I, I prescribe you some Little Guido versus Super Crazy to, you know, get the taint of this show out of you. Like. Oh, I'm sure we'll see him more. We'll get to see him shine on in WWE CW, yeah? I, I mean, I'm pretty sure at one point Nunzio wrestles a match against Tommy Dreamer and he's dressed as Count Dracula, so... <laughs> uh... <laughs> and Tommy Dreamer's dressed as Paul Heyman. <laughs> Is everyone taking part in this costume contest? No, no, just the, just the lads, like, you know. <laughs> and the ladies. Jesus. Well, that's going to do it for another extremely upsetting oh. double bill of ECW on Sci-Fi. What did you think of this episode? Let us know in the comments below. Hey, you can leave a little bit of a comment or a review and a rating here on Spotify, as well as on Apple or SoundCloud or wherever you get your audio. Always helps us out a lot. We appreciate all the feedback, as always. If you want to check out some more of our stuff online, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash AEPodcast. And on both of those social medias, you will see that we have got a whole collection of video clips from our episodes, clips of classic moments, clips of new episodes, and clips with previews of our Patreon content. Patreon.com forward slash AEPodcast, the reason why this show has not got ads in it every two seconds, and as well as getting your podcast here on the main feed free and 100% ad-free, over there on that Patreon, you'll get access to an absolutely ridiculous amount of content. 100 episodes of Smackdown Crawl. Oh. We've got ourselves the video series, Gamesmanship, a new feature length, over two hours long. The new Gamesmanship with myself and Adam has just dropped. As well as that, you've got all sorts of new series, like the Corporate Ministry of Sound. 
We've got the Reading Rants. We've got the Bibliotech. All these fantastic, fully formed, some of the best content we've ever made. It's not just a dumping ground for loads of audio blogs or whatever it is. No. This like, is the you know, fully edited, 100% excellent content that we stand by as some of the best stuff that we have done. Legitimately, I think the stuff I'm most proud of is the stuff we've been doing on Patreon. Like, And if you're wondering what video game we're playing on Gamesmanship this time, all I'll say is that this video game is great. And I've never seen a Gamesmanship like this before. <laughs> I want to see Adam and Kevin playing video game. <laughs> On SmackDown, <laughs> which one? You'll have to become a backer. See if you can figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> yeah. And as always, you can join whenever you like in the month. Minimum $5 get access to that content. $10 backers get access to a monthly Q&A with myself, Adam, and Billy. And sometimes we do a roundtable discussion as well. You can drop out whenever you like. No commitment to stick around. Whenever you want to drop in, you get access to all of that audio. And I'll tell you, if you want a lot of content for very little money, $5 at patreon.com slash apodcast will take you further than any other content in 2023. Yeah, we're talking right now in July 2023. We've got over 200 hours of content on there. And you can just sign up for one month, get all the content you want, and then just immediately back out again. There's no commitments or anything like that. And a minimum of two new pieces of content each and every month. Well then, until next time when we're going to check our asses into the beach house and hit the waves of SummerSlam 06. I hope no degenerates show up. Oh, God. And I certainly hope there's no lengthy blogs at the end of this episode as well. That would really spoil things <laughs> ahead of the biggest party of the summer. It's a goodbye from me, Kevin. And me, Adam. And we'll see you next time on X and the Attitude Era Podcast. <laughs>
diminished. But the main thought that has been on my mind this week is that maybe it's time to, and I quote in inverted commas, rock the boat. While the majority of the suspended wrestlers returning, and the world title vacant, sorry, while the majority of the suspended wrestlers returning and the world title vacant, what will the WWE do? Reading these columns has been very, very good for my sense of self-esteem because I would, you know, now and then make mistakes when I write notes or I do things for various podcasts or for, for my jobs in the past. And I thought, oh, God, no, I never would have done that when I was 19. And I'm here to tell you absolutely that I would have done that when I was 19 because that is one paragraph and two extremely egregious run-on sentences with no actual sense being made. But anyway, while the majority of the suspended wrestlers returning and a world title vacant, what will the WWE do? First of all, there is the obvious choice. According to most sources, Randy Orton was going to win the belt anyway this Sunday. So why don't they have him win the belt in whatever match they plan on throwing together at the last minute? Hmm, ask yourself. Besides the obvious big money feud with Triple H, you know they have to be saving that. <laughs> Boy, are they. Who can Randy Orton feud with over the belt? If you look back over the years at the best heel champions, they have always had long reigns with the belt, and they have always somehow defeated challenger after challenger. And somehow, the fans must accept the fact that the heel is the real deal. Look at Shane Douglas and JBL. There you go. Peppering in your controversial real fave with a fake ECW poser fave. Oh, I love Shane Douglas. What's your favorite Shane Douglas match, Kevin? All of them. They held their belts for nearly a whole year each. But in the long run, it made the fans rally behind the faces, generated some good heat, and when the heel eventually lost the belt, the pay-per-view was going to sell brilliantly. It's also not lost to me as well here that one of my best examples I have of a heel champion creating an excellent babyface is JBL, who lost the belt to John Cena, who I'm at pains to not admit that I hate viciously in these columns, but you can, you can tell, can't you? You can tell. Orton does deserve a run with the belt, and frankly, I'm surprised he hasn't got one already. Hell, everyone was convinced he'd get one over on Cena at the last two pay-per-views. And now, because they've waited, Orton can't get the big fat kill that has been built up for so damn long. I must say, though, good work by the smart cookie who thought up the idea to say Cena was injured by Randy Orton. It just makes the whole thing credible, you know? I still think it's funny that John Cena... <laughs> I still think it's... <laughs> I still think it's funny, though, that Cena, who hasn't seemed to have lost legitimately in over three years, was finally taken down by a botched hip toss. Funny. I really, really don't hope... They put the belt on Triple H. Uh, old reliable. Mm. The WWE has a chance at the moment to maybe give someone a rub, a push, a chance even, to secure a spot in the main event 
But as you read this, nervous people in Connecticut are probably thinking Hunter Hearst Helmsley is their man. I'm going to name three people here. <laughs> Ken Kennedy, Jeff Hardy, and Shelton Benjamin. Three guys who have done nothing but pay dues and work solidly. Am I saying that they're all well-established main eventers? Of course not. But every so often, mid-carders show that they have the ability to take it to the next level. Unfortunately, that boat, the boat I'm assuming that we are talking about figuratively rocking, has set sail for Shelton Benjamin, who despite being one of the best wrestlers on the roster and a constant innovator, seems to be continually drifting further into obscurity. Jeff Hardy has all the tools to be a champion. That's such fucking rest and commentator air-filling bullshit. He has all the tools to be champion, JR, if only he could hit his finishing maneuver. He is way over with the fans. He now has mic skills. He delivers a match and can carry an opponent. But somehow, I feel the WWE does not have the confidence in Jeff that the fans have. Jeez, I wonder why. But what about our dear friend, Mr. Kennedy? I was convinced he would be the AIM contender. A-I-N. AIM contender. When he returned. But after seeing him get jobbed so viciously on Raw, it is clear that top brass are still ticked off about the steroid scandal. Get over it, guys. Come on. Just a couple of milligrams of pure steroids. <laughs> yes, it's clear that Top Brass are still ticked off about the steroid scandal. The scandal, remember, that Rancy Orton was named in. But wait, there is a savior apparently. Save underscore us underscore two two two. Yes, the ingenious viral marketing ploy of the WWE seems to point to Chris Jericho's return. A guy with a wife and young kids who lives five minutes from Universal Studios is opting to return to a life on the road as opposed to joining TNA. Teehee is all I can say to you, TNA. <laughs> Ouch. But more importantly, his timely return is the greatest happenstance in the history of the company. This is the problem about columns that are written like the day before the event in question. Speculate. This was, this was never going to last the annals of time, was it? But there is a catch. Yes, they're not doing it. Three things can happen this Sunday in relation to Chris Jericho's brackets likely return. One, he mightn't be involved in the match to decide the title. Hmm, that would be odd. Get ready, Kevin, for some freaking oddness at no mercy. What else can Chris Jericho do at the pay-per-view? Two, he could win the belt. That would be nice and all, but would effectively bury all other potential contenders. I mean, a guy who shows up for all intents and purposes unannounced after two years of appearing on VH1 wins the championship? Yeah, that would sting. I am curious to know if Chris Jericho would be able to go into a match. Jeez. Oh, the amount of ring rust is probably going to be a factor in the decision. The third possibility is him wrestling 
for not winning the belt. But I hardly think any writer is stupid enough to derail Chris Jericho's momentum entirely. Here, I have been afflicted by the curse of so many wrestling fans before and after and since, which is believing vehemently that people who lose are always buried, no matter what. And it's that kind of thought process that led to every other match in the 1980s ending on a double disqualification. Not just WWF, AWA used to do it as well. Um, I mean, Death of the Territories at the moment, it's just a long, laborious list of who beat who, when, and how many fans attended it, and what town they did it in, and Double DQ shows up a, an awful lot. It's, it's a lot, is all I'm saying. You lose and not be buried, Kevin. Come on. I've got a column to save here. So, it's becoming easy to see why Cena's had the belt for so damn long. There really isn't anyone who was universally ideal in WWE's eyes. It's easy for us fans to speculate, or even predict, but the bottom line is that the WWE will have to live with whatever decision they make. As I have said, it would be nice for someone to, and I quote in inverted commas, STEP UP, but that seems unlikely, with no one really, and I quote in inverted commas, STEPPING UP during the 30-day suspension of a lot of the top guys. It seems unlikely to happen now that those guys are on their way back. It's all well and good to see some risks on ECW, or even SmackDown, but this title belongs on Monday Night Raw, the flagship of the WWE, and it gets higher ratings than SmackDown and ECW combined. The WWE title has a lineage dating back to the original, and I quote in inverted commas, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers in 1963, and it has always held some level of prestige. Now the belt was never held by all. Sorry, what? Now the belt was never held by the. Now the belt was never held by the all-time greats like David Arquette and Pac-Man Jones, but still dot dot dot. End in a column on an ellipses, Kevin. Good lord, the Miss Marple of NoDQ.com rides again. Now remember, as we say here in Galway, comma, Ireland, say everything twice, yeah. Well, you said the same thing at least 20 times in this one. How many times do you say guy? Control F. Guy, six guys. So, please keep the feedback coming, either by electronic mail, email, in inverted commas, or by visiting the social media networking place, MySpace. That's www.myspace.com forward slash Kevin underscore Mahan underscore Howia underscore lads. Fantastic. Well, that's that point made. <laughs>